Welcome to Co-op Mode, Round 62. This is the official video game podcast of Secret Friends Unite. I'm your host, Todd Oxtra, joined by my co-host, the Canardian, Mark Carabin. How you doing, Mark? I'm good. How are you? Doing well. Great weather. Did a lot of stuff outside. Uh, when you're old like I am, though, that means you're probably sore from doing all that yard work. But I have a 15-year-old son now, so he's been helping me take down fences and do things like that. So, but it's great. I love the weather. It's it's nice to be outside, especially now that I'm vaccinated. It, it, it was so funny. I went out to, uh, to grab drinks with my neighbor, who's also vaccinated. And in Minnesota, it's everything's so wishy-washy right now with the policy. Basically, it's like, well, if you're vaccinated, you don't need a mask. But then the signs still don't are cleared what to do. So it's very awkward yeah, it's it's very weird, but it was still nice to do that. We and he, I found out he's he's a fairly new neighbor and he's big into video games. So um, we've just been had fun checking, you know, check checking in because um, I don't know about you guys, but I'm I'm of a little bit older generation where not everybody played video games. I grew up with very few friends that played video games, so finding people of my age now that play video games, talking about them, is a lot of fun versus talking about golf or cars, <laughs> working those things or yard work. So it's kind of fun. Um, yeah, I think yeah, I'm on the kind of cusp of that. But uh, yeah, I, I'm super happy. I just got my first vaccination shot. So the next one's a few weeks away, but uh, awesome. but very happy. Uh, it's been such a slow rollout up here. They've been going by age groups and uh, they finally opened up 30 and over. So yeehaw, the, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was pretty good. So um, yeah, and ended up getting that on Saturday. Things aren't opened up yet, really. We're we're in another round of lockdowns after being so good for so long. It's so frustrating, and I'm happy that this isn't a video game podcast because I feel like my hair is just a rat's nest, and I'm just I need to get out and see people <laughs> or something. But it's it's great to talk to uh, to you guys. And I said you guys, so that might be a hint of what you're gonna do next time. <laughs> yes, you heard a voice in the background. You hear him laughing now. Cam Hawkins. Wow, wow, wow. Uh, you've heard him on Podcast Unlocked. He is a freelancer. He streams. And he is now a married man. Cam, welcome to the, uh, uh, I guess you would call it the alumni of the married men. So welcome. And <laughs> thank you for joining us today. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for reaching out. Um, I'm always down to go on to a podcast and talk about video games, big or small. Excellent. Well, thank you very much. Uh, I heard you on Podcast Unlocked on IGN. Mm-hmm. That was you were fantastic. Did it had a really good viewpoint. And what I like about you is you're not just focused on one platform. You play old games, new games, and you experiment. Um, and you're all over the place, which is great because you just get a broader perspective. So love that. Um, but we want people to know you a little bit more. So just you know, sure. tell us what you've been up to uh, with your job and, and and kind of like where you're at currently. Yeah, so right now I'm just um, more or less doing freelance work for IGN and uh, some other things that I can't uh, announce just yet. Um, but uh, it's it's cool. It's like kind of like a dream come true. Just um, growing up and being always like always being close to video games. Uh, you know, I got to a certain point. Like I don't know if it was like late middle school, early high school, where like. I discovered IGN. I started like following like the people. Like I knew the personalities. Like uh, when Mitch Dyer was at IGN, and like when you know Greg Miller, Naomi Kyle, like uh, that older uh, class of of uh, IGN staff. 
um, I was just like, man, I really want to be in like one of those chairs talking about a game. And I, I, you know, we don't see really any black people working at IGN or being like a face there. And uh, like, that's like something that I've always wanted to become a reality for me. And, you know, for the longest time, I just like, never, you know, it was just like, it was like a pipe dream. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, like this is ever going to happen. And it, you know, um, just starting to just like inter being a part of like the kind of funny community. Uh, like a lot of people started su to support me there when I like kind of, uh, when I started doing journalism at uh, Dual Shockers, you know, I went to school for journalism, uh, things like that. And just I just kept on getting support and I still am kind of confused by it. But, you know, you got to you got to take what you can get. And uh, and, you know, now I've been on Podcast Unlocked for like, you know, I was on there for like 10 weeks straight. I've been on Podcast Beyond before to talk about PlayStation. Um, I still need to get on NBC, though. Still need to get on Absolutely. NBC. Um, and uh you know, and, and again, IGN is like the the dream. Like that's where I want to work uh, full time mm -hmm. one day. And just knowing that I have so many people that would vouch for me that work there now. And like I personally have like talked to Tina Amini, who's the uh, editor in chief there, and things like that. It's just like I don't know. It's wild. I think about it all the time, and I just like how did I get here? Because um, it was because I only started video game journalism two years ago like wow. a little over two years ago and I've already gotten to this point. Um, and I still have, I still personally think I have a long way to go, but it's still like, I think I do, I have made a significant amount of progress within that time. Um, and yeah, it's, it's just wild. Um, and I'm incredibly thankful and humbled by all the love and support I've gotten, um, from people in the industry. Uh, and yeah, uh, and I, uh, that's so how I, that's how I got to where I am now. Um, and just, like, when it comes to games in general, I basically, like, I know I dabbled with a bunch of different uh, older consoles. Like, I remember at a point, I think I got an NES and an SNES, but I really don't remember or have much memories of that because I don't remember my parents really buying me games after actually getting me the console. But the first real console that I, or, like, gaming device that I really dove into was the Game Boy. The Game Boy was the first, like, real system uh, where I was playing games consistently and, like, got new games every year to play, and um, that's where I discovered Pokemon, obviously, um, and then the Game Boy Color, which is still, like, it's definitely my favorite handheld ever, like, to this day. Like, I love the Game Boy Color. Um, and, uh, you know, that's, again, that's where I discovered Pokemon. I think that Pokemon, as a specifically Pokemon Crystal, I think that game like established me into gaming like this, like it was the game that made me like turn into a gamer where I was like, I want to experience different uh, uh, gaming uh, types and things like that. Um, and yeah. And uh, you know, and I, I mainly grew up on the PlayStation two, the PlayStation two is uh, was like my main console growing up until I got to like the 360, and I still like dabbled in other systems like that my friends had, like the N64, the OG Xbox, the PlayStation. Like you know, I, I played still a little bit of that, but those were like my consoles growing up. Um, and yeah, and uh, you know, I and since I got to the Xbox 360, I've been primarily uh, a player on X, on Xbox since then. Um, and I love the Xbox ecosystem. I, I think that, but I do think that like each system has something. Uh, to offer it, uh, and uh, I just love video games, you know? 
Todd, a fellow Pokemaniac and someone who likes Xbox, are you kind of nervous right now? Or, or you know, like Cam and I going to take this over? And Mark, really, come on, really... you know, if if you know anybody that knows more about Xbox or Pokemon than me, I'd like to meet him. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I have a game that will kind of probably tell a little bit more about each of you. So I'm going to present something to you. Mark's okay. not aware of this. No. So, so this it's is, a little game of rent, buy, or return. Can okay. Even return video games. So digital, you get like a two-hour return. So that okay. is going to be the presentation. So sure. this is what we're going to throw at you. So we are going to go Halo 3. Ooh. We are going to go Uncharted 2. Okay. We are going to do Metroid Prime. You son of a bitch. <laughs> so, rent by return. I didn't say kill them. I think that's kind of ridiculous. They have to kill it's a franchise. It's essentially FMK, and you're just a mean, mean individual. Uh, Ken, you want to take this one first? got to ruminate and, and think about this one, because... It's just kind of hard, because I haven't played Metroid Prime. It's the one get the game I haven't played. But it is also one of the like top game like nintendo games that i want to play uh especially with metroid prime 4 coming out and i'm i'm sure we're gonna get the uh trilogy as well get uh ported to switch before then um so and i i played uncharted 2 and uncharted as a series i i think is a little bit overrated personally i actually prefer the uh the tomb raider reboot more than uncharted um and so i definitely buy halo 3 halo 3 is if I, if I looked really quick, it's probably because I have a list of like my top 50 games of all time. It's probably in my top 15. Like I love Halo 3. Um, I think it's the best Halo game as a collective. Like I think that Halo 2 has like the best campaign, but I think that when it comes to multiplayer and like just the whole experience that that Halo 3 is, I think Halo 3 is the best Halo game. Um, and so that's hard buy, easy buy. Um, and then after that, yeah, I would probably say 13th 13th favorite game of all time as of right. <laughs> last time I, I ranked my games um, i kind of need to see that list that's like i don't oh, I keep can, like I a can, list of my favorite i can, my favorite. I, can like, I can share you the list once i'm uh once i'm done here because here's the thing like i do i do it once a year just to, mm-hmm. like at the beginning of the year i was like okay these new games came out let's like sort things out and and i relook at the list i'm like okay like you know how i feel because here's the thing at the end of the day like most of your top 50 it's completely dependent on the day, right? You're just going to oh, be yeah. like, you know, the day that you make it, you're like, like, I'm looking at something right now where, like, I place Borderlands 2 right above Halo 3, right? And, to like, at that time, I did that. But today, I would be like, I would put Halo 3 over Borderlands 2. You know what I mean? So it's just kind of mm-hmm. like, it's like when you look at it. So, um, but, yeah, Halo 3, again, one of my favorite games of all time. Probably one of the... Uh, one of my favorite multiplayer experiences ever. Um, yeah, so buy that. I would say... I would say... I'm going to say uh, Rent Metroid Prime simply because, like, knowing what Uncharted 2 is, and I still think Uncharted 2 is a good game, um, I could live without playing Uncharted 2. And Metroid Prime, I just haven't played. That I'm just curious that I would rather just rent it and then return uncharted 2 hypothetically well you could have said just 
return Metroid Prime because it's in my backlog to play it when the HD remaster comes out. That would have been the safe play. Oh, okay. I didn't know it would work like that. Then I, well, I mean, you said backlog or return. Maybe backlog is a better one. I don't know. I, yeah. I'm open. This game is not hard set. Like I, I haven't sold yeah. the rights to it. So yeah, um, I, I would probably do that then. I would say like return Metroid Prime simply because you know I'm waiting for the Switch version or something like that. I uh, yeah, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna buy Halo Three, and I think I. I very similar. I love that game to begin with, but also I think buying that one over any of the others just for multiplayer because you want to yeah. own that game. You want to keep playing it. So my rental of Metroid Prime is going to be based on I can play that game and beat it and be done with it and not revisit it for a while. Uh, and I could do the same thing with Uncharted. You beat it, you're done with it, right? You know, I'm not going to continuously play that one. And I love that series. That is one of the series that got me to buy a PlayStation 4 and play through the entwi- entire quad- quadrilogy? Quadrilogy. Yeah. Actually, with Quad- the, what is it, last, the, the, was it the Lux Legacy? There'd be five. I, I did play that yeah. on my Vita. Yeah. So, uh, and Mark, you love a half-tuck, a half-tuck shirt. Yes. Yeah, of course. Uh, so... Yeah, I'm. I, sadly, I'm going to return that one. So my my list is the exact same as Ken's, which is which is fun. But I, yeah, I mean, I I still think you're you're just a cruel, cruel man, Todd. Because uh, <laughs> this is such a there are three absolutely fantastic franchises, and uh, and really putting Halo in the top spot because of the multiplayer. And I put so much time into Halo 3's multiplayer. I I forged friendships there. And, you know, that was that was to me like when I broke out of the Nintendo sphere that I was in since I was friggin four years old, uh, you know, with my first NES controller, like, um, you know, so Halo 3 to me is very, very special. And uh, and I yeah, that that has to be a buy. But uh, Metroid, again, Metroid Prime especially was just like blew my mind when I first played that. It was like, how do you how do you take Metroid and turn it into 3D? And they did that. And just the what they were able to do with the GameCube hardware of when you shoot, you get that reflection in the visor and just the these subtle little effects that we still don't have that kind of stuff in like 4k HD games where you're in a visor, but they still don't have that level of detail or like just little things that Metroid prime did so well to put you in that atmosphere. So uh, just, I don't want to say it's a better game than uncharted, but yeah, <laughs> I'll leave it at that, I guess. So, same kind of thing. T- Todd, how, I'm, I'm curious what what you're. Ooh, that's about. a hard one. That's a hard one because I do love I uh, love Dove, I do love Nutty Dog, but I would say I actually probably like four better than two, even though everybody loves two. Um, I just love the way that series culminated. Um, just my mindset, but I also love Lost Legacy. I loved seeing that series. I, but, yeah, I enjoyed Lost Legacy. I didn't like four, but uh, oh, really? but yeah, I think uh, I think a lot of the stuff that that story did what felt very shoehorned in like very like like i feel like we would know about a lot of this in the first three games right but uh, i don't know um in in unpopular opinion uncharted 3 is my favorite uncharted oh okay so um i know that's a yeah i know that's an unpopular opinion but uh i think that that game has like the most memorable set pieces and things like that and i think that like uncharted 2 specifically it's like oh the train segment's so good i'm like 
yeah, okay, it'll tell me what else about the game. And then people are like, oh, nothing really. I'm like, okay, well, I can, you know, with Uncharted 3, there's like the boat, the ship, there's like the, the skydiving segment. There's like so many great moments in that game. Um, but yeah, uh, sorry to interrupt. <laughs> No, no problem. But four, I love the like the jeep mission, the jeep where you're driving the jeep around, exploring, and then with your bro- it, it it was pretty cool. But also the crash when you you play Crash Bandicoot, come on, that was why. Come on, you play Crash Bandicoot on the PlayStation Four with you know Elena. That was oh yeah, cool. that was good. That was a good bit. That was a good that was bit. very very fun. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna do this a little differently. Um, yeah, Halo Three. That's a buy because you can come back for multiplayer. I think that is kind of the pinnacle when when Halo 3 and Gears 1 came out. I don't think Xbox has ever hit that pinnacle beyond that. It was just so fresh. You know, you finally realized Halo what it could look like mm-hmm. multiplayer and everything just culminated. It was so cool. The the big battles and just, you know, the scarabs. So cool. Playing it online with friends finally made sense. It was so good to have good voice chat doing all those things. It just really cemented it. So that's Halo 3 is excellent. Um, then I go with uh, Uncharted 2 for my rent, because like you said, you're complete. You're not going back to it. I think they finally added un, uh, multiplayer in 3, I think, but 2 didn't have multiplayer, so I don't think so. Um, and then I'm returning Metroid Prime because I'm still mad at that game. I could never beat like the final boss, and I was so pissed off. Never did it to this day, so I'm waiting for Retribution, <laughs> so I will wait until the HD remaster comes out with actually a better controller. I did not love the GameCube controller, and I just think it was kind of a limitation. What? Design. No! Like the GameCube controller? The GameCube controller is a Frankenstein piece of... No! It's designed it around one game. No, after the, okay. after, the, after the Elite Series 2 controller, the GameCube controller is the best controller ever made. Okay. Okay, yeah. Charles Fire Cam. No, 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 no. no, no. Co host here. No, I bought that, uh, what is it? The Switch uh, GameCube wireless uh, controller to play Smash. Trying to play that, trying to use that controller on any other game, though. Ugh, it just doesn't feel no. right. It, yeah, oh, that's, no. that's why it's not quite a, as many so buttons, but man, that you can't beat the layout of that. The sticks it's were fantastic. It Love had analog triggers, so you could actually pressure sensitive. I, come on, man. Mm. I love for Smash. I'm but, yeah, so disappointed in you right now, Todd. Mark, Whoa. can't be disappointed if you've never been uh, appointed with me. Appointed? Just <laughs> <laughs> an appoint. Nobody ever says that. I've been appointed by you. Yeah, doesn't make any sense. I don't think it's a word. Oh, well. <laughs> well, we've gotten to know uh, Cam a little bit better. And then, of course, we've got the, um, I guess, betrayal by my partner here. So we'll move on to what we've been playing. So, Cam, man, I don't think I've got a more eclectic group of games uh, that I've seen in front of me for a while because. I'm not even sure where you actually can play the, the your first game. Yeah, yeah. So the main game I've been trying to get through in the past, like, two months, I would say, um, is Persona 3, which I'm playing on the PlayStation 3 uh, mm. because it has, like, uh, some, you know, there are some PS2 titles that are available digitally on the PS3, and uh, which I'll, you know, I'll be bringing it up next. Uh, I've been playing through the Ratchet & Clank series for the very first time. I've never played a Ratchet & Clank game. So I uh, uh, and the first four games are really only playable via like as early as the PS3 with the trilogy remaster and tools of destruction. But all the other Ratchet and Clank games are on PS now. So Mm -hmm. um, so because I'm it's not my PS3, it's my friend's PS3. 
Um, even though I told him that like if he ever sells it, sell it to me first because I will buy it off. Because I I have more stuff on this PS3 than he does. Like it's <laughs> it's like it's ridiculous. But is that anyway. the backwards? Is that the backwards compatible version with the PS2? No, 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 no. Okay. It's just a digital. It was a digital per- purchase. Okay. Um, and so I was just like, you know what? I'm gonna be playing on this PS3 for a while. I've been like, P- Persona 3 has been like one of the top JRPGs on my backlog that I've been wanting to play. I was like, I have access to it. It could get ported soon, but it's one of those things where I have to play it twice regardless because there are there's a male and a female protagonist, and the game is different depending on which uh, protagonist you choose. So I know I'm going to have to replay it regardless. So I was like, oh, I'll play it the one time while I have this PS3 and then play um, play the female protagonist route once the uh, uh, eventual port happens, because I think it's going to happen. Um so I've been playing that, and I'm like, I'm right at the end of the game. I'm on the last month of the calendar, and right now it's just kind of, I'm I'm just kind of grinding to to get to, because uh, like I don't know if you guys have played a Persona game before, but uh, which you absolutely should. Um, well, my, uh, well, my son has beat Persona Five twice now. Okay, that's with good. So I've, I've I've lived it through him, and I actually bought uh, Golden PS4 Golden on PC, and I'm trying to get him to play that. I personally think Golden is the best Persona. Like out of three, four Golden and five Royal, and I think four Golden is the best. Uh, okay. But that it really just depends on like what you want out of a Persona game. Because um, I do think that like Persona Five has a lot of quality of life improvements. Um, but I think that the story and the characters, which is what I go to a Persona game for, is best in four. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, definitely recommend playing uh, playing that. That's actually this is what this is from Persona 4 Golden. Uh, it's like the store, um, and uh, and yeah. So uh, I'm currently like just at this point where I'm trying to get through the last um, block of Tartarus. So like in Persona 4 and 5, you have like dungeons more or less. Like uh, in 5, they're called palaces, but in 3, it's basically like a giant tower that you're scaling. So I'm on the last block of the tower. Um, and I'm I need to beat like three more mini bosses before I fight the final boss at the end of the month. So like I'm basically just grinding hardcore, and I'm trying to beat the game by Friday. So because that's when SMT three drops, which mm. is uh, the next big JRPG I'm gonna jump into. Um, so yeah, so Persona three, um, yeah, Ratchet and Clank. I've played through the PS two trilogy at this point, and I'm currently on Tools of Destruction. And man, like in like in hindsight. I'm super mad I did not play these games as a kid because they are <laughs> so good. Like, these games hold up incredibly well. Like, the first game is a little rough around the edges because um, there's, like, no strafing, which is a big, mm-hmm. like, important thing for Ratchet and Clank games. Um, and, th- you know, some uh, some blueprint things like that. But, like, even, even then, like, it's a solid, like, 8 out of 10 game, I would say. And the story was really good. Um, and then they just kind of, at least for the PS2 trilogy, they kind of just got better. Like, Going Commando and Up Your Arsenal are both, like, equally good for different reasons. And, yeah, I started Tools of Destruction. It's fine so far. It's not. It doesn't have anything that really uh, stands out. Um, but, yeah, but but the plan is, is to play through the rest of the Ratchet & Clank games uh, by the time Rift Apart comes out. And then I'm going to stream Rift Apart. Uh, I'm Yeah, I'm super excited. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of that series now. Like, I... I remember when I was younger, you know, there would be kids that would either be like, you're either a Jack and Daxter kid or oh, yeah. you're a Ratchet and Clank yeah. kid. That was me. And, and I was a Jack and Daxter kid, right? So I was just like, 
Ratchet and Clank, that's for that's for poor like that's like the poor man's Jack and Daxter. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, that's the poor yeah. man's Jack and Daxter. I don't need Ratchet and Clank. Man, could I have been I couldn't have been more wrong. Like all the games, like at the very least, you're gonna get a fun eight out of ten like third person shooter. You know what I mean? Like that is like the worst case scenario of the Ratchet and Clank games uh, from my experience so far. It's so, so good. Um, and yeah, and the last game I'm playing is uh, The World Ends With You, which is a JRPG on the DS. It's on Switch too, but um, if you're looking to play that game, I highly recommend the DS version because the Switch version is not really the same. Um, and it kind of... Because cause, uh, the Switch version is a port of the mobile version, and uh, so it really messes with the mechanics of the, the how the game was originally built. Like, The World Ends With You is one of those games that was, like, meant... It, like, it's... It was developed for the DS. Like, it was the supposed screens, to be, like, right? You're the playing two between screens, them. Yeah. the stylus, like, that's what it was... I was going to say that touch, too, and... Yeah. yeah, that's what the mechanics of that game were for. Um, so, if you... And you can still get... Uh, like a new copy of the world ends with you for like a reasonable price. Like you're not like going to be paying more than what the retail for that game was. Like, I think I bought mine on Amazon for like 35. Mm. So uh, not bad. Um, yeah. I just started that. It's not a super long JRPG. It's, it's on the, more on the shorter side, like 20, 25 hours, but I'm playing it for the first time because the sequel comes out in July. Uh, Neo, the world ends with you. Uh, so I'm very much looking forward to that. And, uh, yeah, that's all I've, uh, that, those are the main things that I've been playing. I've been dabbling in other stuff too, um, that I really can't think of off the top of my head right now, but yeah, but those are, those are the main ones. I was thinking about that with Ratchet and Clank compared to Jack and Daxter. We have not seen Jack and Daxter, I think, since like Agent Clank on, on the PSP and yeah. that series just disappeared. It's which is so disappointing mm-hmm. because I loved what they did with that series and I would love to see it come back. Get it like a Blue Point games maybe to to remaster that. That would be pretty great. awesome. That'd be great. Yeah, it's funny that they they ha- have left that dormant. It's it's you know, it's not like there's so many of those kind of games out there, you know, we, so, I mean, Ratchet and Clank came back in a big way, but, mm-hmm. uh, Jack and Daxter, uh, what's the other, the, uh, Sly Cooper, Sly Scooper, like, yeah. those, mm-hmm. those kind of mascot franchises have really kind of gone to the wayside on the PlayStation front. So it's, it's kind of weird to see that they, maybe they just flipped a coin and, and went with Ratchet and Clank or someone had an idea. So they went with that one. But uh, I, I really wonder if there's some kind of pitch for the other franchises to come back eventually, or if they're kind of waiting. Cause it seems like Ratchet and Clank is super successful. The PS4 one was amazing. The PS5, the, the new one coming out looks fantastic. Oh my God. So and good. It looks so good. It's, you know, like it's, it's kind of weird. Like sh- I'd, I'd love for them to show some other mascot franchises that same sort of love, right? It's it's a it's a it's a weird vibe over at PlayStation Land sometimes. Yeah, but I, it's kind I appreciate of, it, Ratchet and Clank coming back. It is kind of funny because you think about that where Nintendo really rules is they've got all ages game and that, and they can just sell to any age group. Sony and Xbox can't always do that because they've got mature titles and things like. They're always going to be limited, you know. Everybody can buy a Mario game, but Last of Us Two is not for. Uh, Mark's little, you know, one-year-old. 
So it just doesn't work. So you can't, my first Last of Us <laughs> is not going to work for, you know, everybody. So it, it kind of makes sense that they would develop more of those franchises. I'm, so I'm glad to see them not leave that behind. And I think we're going to see that with a game Mark is going to talk about, which I actually have played as well. And Cam, maybe you played it as well. Uh, well, before I get into that game, I am going to say that Finn has found the Xbox uh, button, the X button on the controller, oh, and he realizes <laughs> that when he holds that in for a second, the TV turns on and something happens. So that is his new favorite button in the house because now, like, you know, oh. it was kind of that, like, he, he'll press the button and something will happen. But now, like, he presses the button and he looks at the TV. So, you know, it's like that cause and effect. And he knows, like, what he's doing now, uh, which is hilarious. And uh, the other day, he fired up Day of the Tentacle Remastered. So oh, nice. Uh, nice. He, he really, <laughs> I guess he wants to play some old school point and click adventures. Uh, but I, I took the controller from him and played another Game Pass game that just came out. That's uh, Psychonauts. So really cool to get back into this. I'm not super far in, but it is. Is, uh, a cool throwback. I uh, I never really played all of this game. I've I've I dabbled. I started it a few times back in the day. Uh, I think I even had it on like my computer at one point, possibly. I think it did come out for for like Mac, PC, mm-hmm. and everything else. Uh, so I've I've started this game a few times, and it's it looks and runs really really well on Xbox Series X. And uh, it's it's one of those games that just makes me very thankful for Game Pass, and I can't wait for uh, for you know the the next Psychonauts game that's that's coming out. So I, I feel like this is uh, a little refresher, and for a lot of people, I think probably the first time they're getting to play this uh, because it's it's an Xbox game, not even a 360 game. It's it's an Xbox game. So at some points it does show its age, but at other points it's like, man, this you know they they had some stuff figured out back back in those days so uh yeah it's really good uh cam have you ever played psychonauts i have not i know that there are some people that stand that that game is like one of the greatest games ever made like um and uh i definitely plan on playing the first one before uh psychonauts 2 comes out like that's definitely going to be a stream game that's kind of what i do with streaming is that i use it most of the time not all the time to kind of catch up on old games that i've been mm-hmm. meaning to get to so i will definitely like once there's a, a release date for Psychonauts, which I honestly think Psychonauts is probably going to drop in August, mm-hmm. uh, Psychonauts 2, um, that um, I once you know that's announced, which will probably be whenever uh, Microsoft's E3 uh, presentation is, that uh, I will make that a priority to hop in and play through the first game. Because, yeah, I've heard very, very good things. I heard that's a very special series. For sure. What uh, now? I I want to get your your opinion on this one. I'm just gonna throw it out there into the universe because I love when stuff happens like this. Uh, what if they say, and it's available today? You can download it on Game Pass right now during their E3 conference in a few weeks. Uh, what if they just kind of surprise drop uh, Psychonauts 2 in Game Pass? Are you gonna be ready? Or are you gonna wait and play the first one and and get accustomed yeah. to it and and leave the sequel? Or are you gonna be tempted by the shiny new thing on Game Pass? I would still play the first game first. Um, okay. I, I, you know, I, I, it's a game I need to play, and I think that if I did play the sequel, I wouldn't. I'd feel less obligated to want to go back and play the first one. Right. Um, but I don't think, yeah, hypothetically, I don't think that would happen just because it was a Kickstarter game, and now like that, there is like, you know, those that back the game, they want to make sure that those people get the game first or at the same time as mm-hmm. everyone else. Um, so I don't expect that to be a thing, but I, so I. 
yeah, I think that we will get whenever the like the release is, like it'll be enough time for them to make sure that like all their backers are taken care of as well. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so the next game, actually, Todd, do you want to touch on Psychonauts a little bit uh, before we move on? You yeah, I remember. Yeah, I played it multiple places. I think I owned it everywhere. Um, it's a great game. Uh, I finally just actually got back to it again, just like you guys, uh, or like you, Mark. And uh, at this point, I beat the first boss. Um, it does have its nuance, and it's funny mm-hmm. when you hit some of the controls, it shows you the OG Xbox controller, the Duke, which is kind of fun. Uh, but, you know, I mean, that's it, it's got nice save points. It's very easy to get into. Um, it's, it's It doesn't feel dated like a lot of platformers do in that sense. So I, I think it's very easy for people to get into it. I mean, it looks pretty good, um, but don't expect anything mind-blowing. But it, it, it feels less dated than other games that came out at that era. So I think it's well worth checking out. For sure. Uh, so moving on, I'm still absolutely obsessed with Pokemon Snap. I'm nearing the end, I think, of of uh, you know my my initial playthrough of it. But this game is it's got its hooks in me. I don't know. I I said it last time. I didn't expect to love this game as much as I do. But even this morning, I was like, you know, I have a couple of minutes. I got up a little early. I was like, a couple of minutes before I go to work. I'm going to play a run of Pokemon snap. And I just, I had to jump in and just take some more pictures of some cute little weird creatures. And it's, uh, it's, I don't know, man, it's awesome. I, it, I just, I love this game. I still can't believe that's not an iPhone game. I really, I really <laughs> feel like there's nothing that the switch is bringing to the table that your iPhone can't do in that setting. So it just seems like it, you don't need camera controls, the buttons and things like that. It's just so weird. And it also no, the switch doesn't so much, have a there's camera. So much more. There's so the much more to this game than it's. It's not just. It's not like a, a cheap little mobile throwaway. I guess you could do. Yeah. The only real way I could see this working is is some sort of AR, maybe uh, like you where you're actually like walking or something on your phone. Yeah. I don't think this would work well as a phone game. Um, maybe it would, but uh, I don't. Know. It, it fits just the hook switch up a controller really, really to your well. Phone. Good to go, it's, Mark. It's like a, it's an interactive safari. It's an experience. It's, it's a mystery as well because you have to figure out how to make certain Pokemon appear. Only Nintendo can get away with playing, it's, charging sixty dollars for a game like this. This would be like, a, this would be like a fifteen dollar uh, digital release uh, for like Digimon Photo Camp. That's what people would pay for. But it's Pokemon, make it sixteen. Buy, a, buy your photo printer into that game. As as Nintendo put into this one, um, you know, I'd, I'd I'd check out pictures of of cute Digimon too. Cam, have have you played this one? I play. I, I dabbled a little bit into it. Like I did like the kind of like first hour or so. Um, and uh, you know, Mark's right. Like this game is has a lot more depth to it than uh, I expected it to have. Um, and a lot of variety and features on what you can do and the type of pictures you can take and like things like that like and it's it's a gorgeous game too like uh i definitely think that um i think the 60 dollar price tag is more or less warranted like you know i get like because it's a photography game it's 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 kind of hard to sell that i would say in like in most cases but with pokemon like it it makes sense and it's uh it's been highly wanted and i think that like people prove that with you know they prove that with their wallet um it's it's selling very well and hopefully like we get sequels to other pokemon spin-offs that we should been having forever like pokemon <laughs> pinball please give us Damn. pokemon oh, pinball yes 
Yes. And I Metroid Pinball, Pinball while, so while they're at it. Metroid Prime Was it Pinball. the Gale of Mysteria or whatever that was on GameCube? <laughs> I don't know. I'll come up with another name. That probably I, makes sense. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll just come up with a Pokemon game, and it probably exists. But yeah, I, I like it. It's just funny, though. Like you think about these Pokemon games that are coming out. There could be a photo mode in a Pokemon game that could essentially do this, right? No, because it, it's a guided thing. You, you need to play the damn game, Todd. You, you're No, you don't understand the majesty Mark. That I is a guided I, tour. No, no, you're not going to sell me on it, Dan. Pokemon I, I have no patience for for that. Okay. So, All right. Pokemon well, Go. Pokemon maybe Go. maybe you'll dig the next game that I'm going to talk about, and that is a big. This is probably going to be a lot of people's game of the year. This is big AAA stuff. Uh, but it's also something I'm not sure if a lot of people have heard about this game. So I'm going to, I really want to sing its praises and make sure people are aware of solitaire. Uh, Tell me more. I know, right? It's, it's a uh, low key indie, but I think game of the year material. Uh, no, I'm just joking. I have been playing a solitaire game um, and it's, it is good, but the reason I wanted to talk about it is t- just to once again reiterate how much I love Apple Arcade, uh, because this is Solitaire Plus on Apple Arcade. And once again, I have been so broken by mobile games over the years that when I play this Solitaire game, I'm waiting for an ad to pop up. I'm waiting for some stupid little thing to pop up and be like, you know, like light the goblin on fire and save the princess and do whatever horse shit this is or, or watch this 30 second ad for more coins or something. And this is none of that. It's just solitaire. Plus there's different skins. I looked at the th- skins and there were still like, no, I could just pick a new one. I was like, what do you mean? I don't have to play 70 hours or pay $30 to unlock this extra like card pack. I can just do it. Uh, and it's, it's just a great solitaire game, which is great to have on your phone. But I just love that Apple Arcade is slowly changing how I think about mobile games, that I'm not expecting those gotcha mechanics or constant little coin packs or this or that or whatever. It's just like, hey, do you want a solid, solitaire experience to play on your phone for 30 seconds or three minutes or three hours if you really get caught up in solitaire like my dad does? Uh, It's just such a solid experience. And I just appreciate uh apple arcade and we're going to talk a little bit later game pass so i thought apple arcade kind of fit into the conversation that we're going to have later and i wanted to touch on uh just just solitaire i just really appreciate having a solitaire game that doesn't just ping me every three seconds looking for money it's it's just great so thanks apple arcade you guys pulled a 180 and stopped just trying to focus on new games and gave people what they want which is cut the rope and Friggin' solitaire. It's great. Mark, I'm trying to get Charlie in the bandwagon for Apple Arcade to play the Star Trek game. It's there, that exclusive. Yeah. He loved the uh, Avengers game that was on Facebook. It was a Facebook game with Avengers, and he loved that. It's exactly the same with thing with Star Trek. Mm-hmm. I think he would love it, but you, you may have to convince him. Because he doesn't listen to me anymore. Because it's free I for really, a month. Yeah, I really want to get into, uh, for, for whatever reason, I haven't jumped into the Oregon Trail, maybe just because living through a global pandemic Tell him you'll play super a super excited game. to uh yeah maybe that'll get uh, really excited. I, I don't want to yeah. die of dysentery um but yeah i i maybe that's how i'll convince charlie like charlie if you play this i'll play it too and he'll be all like mark doing something star trek 
that's impossible. Uh, anyway, yeah. So this is I, I don't know, man. Apple Arcade like really went from something that was just kind of a tab in the app store to like I friggin' love this. Like it's good. Well, I'm giving you homework. Next episode, play Wonderbox on Apple Arcade. I've heard it's excellent, but I heard it does probably require a controller to really Good. best experience. Uh, well, I have. Uh, that's that's why I still have my Xbox One controller. So let me click Get on my iPad Pro right next to me here, and uh, there we go. Downloading as we speak. The Wonderbox. P- the pitch. It's like it's it's like uh, Captain Toad, where you rotate the world. But you've got little guys that actually can do more than just walk. They can jump. They have mm-hmm. they, they have enemies and things like that. So I think you'll I think you'll get a kick out of that. Alright. It was a good great way to play uh, Fantasian. I, I played that uh, was a couple months ago. I think I talked about it on the show. And uh, so bad. Yeah, man, it was really really good. Like a great experience with the Xbox One controller. My my giant iPad screen here. Um, just being able to take that around and and plop this massive screen uh wherever but then i also have my mount so if i really wanted to i could play it on my phone but i really i like the ipad experience uh for those kind of games with like a controller or whatever but um i'll tell you that that mount uh between apple arcade games and xcloud finally coming to ios devices like that's like was it like 10 or 15 bucks i ever spent yeah, it's, it's really although really- mine doesn't fit my uh series x controller it fits the original I mean, Xbox almost. One. Almost. Yeah, it's, it's just off. Series X just controller. Off. It's just a it's little like, bit yeah. off, yeah. It's very weird. Um, very cool. Very cool. Well, um, I'm going to speak about a PS5 exclusive, the Returnal. Um, but I'm going to tell you a, ta- a sad tale of Todd not being a very good gamer. Um, <laughs> this game, though, I will tell you, this is uh, a... I would say this is a prestige roguelite, not a roguelike, I guess. It's the best way to turn it. So basically, you're going to die a lot. You don't carry over much progress. You do carry over some upgrades, uh, but your weapons and things are, are, are kind of random. And also the layout of the level, or they call it biomes, there's five biomes in this game, um, change. So like you go through the front door, the the level, now there's like rotating levels almost, um, will change. So you may be expecting bat enemies. Well, the bat enemies aren't there because it's now um, weird tentacle beasts or a weird Groot-like creature or other things. So it's like you never know what you're going to expect. Life is like a lot of like a box of chocolates, and this is like this game. And then you get currency, which buys you upgrades. You find like these parasites, which you can grab and put on your body. They give you enhancements, but they also degrade you a little bit. So it's a very weird mix of like a gamble of what you want to do. And then you do do find different weapons and attributes you can get. Um, And so it makes it very interesting, but it's a beautiful game. House House Mark, House Marquee, I've heard it spelled both ways. They made like a lot of games on PlayStation, like uh, Superstar Dust HD, games like that, typical twin stick shooters. Well, they decided to make a very beautiful game. You look like you're um, Brienne of Tarth in a spacesuit. Um, you crash on this planet, and wasn't that you, just Captain Phasma? Kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think we ever saw her face though. Um, no, and you didn't. travel across, and you find weapons. You try to beat these beasts, and 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 basically solve a mystery of why are you finding dead corpses of yourself on this planet? And as you die, you come back every time. You don't know why you're coming back, and you basically can get things off your corpse use it again, and then you do find different weapons, and they have different attributes, and you're not always guaranteed to get the same ones every time. So it's very much, you could get a good build, 
and it's awesome and you're doing great, the next build could be crappy and you get a really stupid, you know, revolver and it doesn't work very well. So I got to the first boss like three times, but I lasted like three seconds. I spent five hours in the game, died like 12 times. And while I enjoyed it, I just realized there's no way to save in this game. So basically your run means you have to get through all five biomes. When you get to the second biome, you get a shortcut. So you don't have to go all the way through it. So you do things like that. But I only got the first biome, never get past it. and just means that your run could be long. And that's the other part. This is a roguelite where it's not like Hades where a room or a run can take you 15 minutes. This could take you five hours. And if you die at one boss, you're back again doing it. And you can put it into rest mode if you want to stop and do something. But it's safe. Your buddy says you want to play some Avengers online or something like that. You're hosed because PlayStation doesn't have quick resume. So it's it's a very weird thing. I think how it's feels. Yeah, I, and that's the problem. I think it, it, we understand it's difficult. Maybe a mid mid biome save would be helpful because you're not taking away from the game's difficulty. You're just making it reasonable to play. Because I mean, Cam, you're gonna realize this when you get older and you have kids. Life happens. You're in the middle of an awesome moment, and then, honey, dinner's ready. Hey, I need a diaper changed. Honey, mm-hmm. your son just puked on me. And you got to step away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I had to run upstairs last night. Literally, we were playing Fortnite, and uh, you know, I heard uh, I heard Finn start to to go off upstairs, and and my wife was asleep, and I I you know had to kind of just put the controller down, and I, I luckily we were inside the storm circle, and I just said like, boys, try to keep me alive. <laughs> That was it, right? Like, uh, it just, you know, that's that's sometimes the way it shakes down, right? Like, I so so that description for me is just like, nope, whole big pile of nope. Like, mm-mm. I'm I'm hopeful, and this is this is a really good one experience. It's a seventy dollar premium experience. It's a beautiful game. It feels premium. The dual sense is amazing. You can feel every raindrop on the controller mark i was running the pulse 3d pulse you feel in your headset it's 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 like so it's not immersive. just a leak in your roof no it's not thank okay. god all right cool uh, no it's it's like immersion you've never had in a game before i appreciate that i'm glad that we're getting this this new type of thing versus more of the same but it looks better and faster um so i, I like that but yeah it's definitely not for me in its current state if they added some quality of life improvements i may go back because it is fun it's just frustrating and I don't love getting beat down by my games. Life is hard enough. So it's it's but I like to experience it. So I played that. But now I'm playing something where I'm also getting beat down, but it's a little mm. bit more manageable. And that's RE Village, Resident Evil mm. 8, whatever you want to call it. Playing it on PC. I just want to give you a little background on how I actually started playing this game. I actually pre-ordered this game on Stadia. I got the Stadia Pro Edition or whatever for free, so the controller and the Chromecast Edition, because I'm like, I want to try this. I want to see it, what its experience is. I have a one gig internet speed. It should be fantastic. So I, I started playing um, on my PC. It looks pretty good. It's still capped at 1080p on Stadia unless you pay for Pro, which is 4K. I had a horrible experience. It, the visual quality was not good. It was like almost like a weird texture was on people's faces. Stuttering and lag in an action game like that where werewolves are trying to kill you, it does not work. So I don't know why. I've struggled with some – I mean, it's funny because I played PS Now on my PlayStation 5 and had a great experience streaming Ratchet & Clank into the Nexus and other games like that. Um but this was, you know, going off my PC, and I thought it was going to be perfect. I'm like, nope, it was horrible. So I ended up returning the game, and I did it within the first two hours. So I got a, a, I basically got my money back. 
but they st- I felt guilty because they sent me this controller and the dongles. I'm like, oh, okay, well, I'll try it again in the future. Um, it's an investment. But then I got it on PC. I'm loving it. Um, it's really phenomenal. It looks beautiful. My monitor it, it maxes out at 1440p. That's how I'm playing it. Frame rate's fantastic on a 2070. Um, it's really fun. And this is a game where it's creepy and the sound is really good. I'm using wireless headphones for the sound and you'd hear these steps. It's like, is that me stepping or is it somebody there? What's going on? And there's these creepy vampire ladies and all this fun stuff. And I've gotten past the first boss, um, which there is are lords. Is creepy the right word for the tall vampire? Is that the word you're going to go with? <laughs> well, you know, take a poll and fire, you know, <laughs> fire beware if you want a creepy lady um, that's that's very tall. Mark, she's like twice as tall as I am. That's scary enough. So That's the dream, Todd. That's a dream. That's true. According um, yeah. to the internet. I don't know. Yes. But uh, I tell you, if you were scared off by Resident Evil 7, this one is not as scary, but I do like what it's doing. The quality of life, those ele- uh, elements there are very well done. But it is weird to be like in this weird Eastern European country and everybody speaks. They sound like they're from Canada, which is very odd. I mean, I don't know, but, but, but you know, say a boot and sorry, sorry. Yeah. 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 But it's very weird. She'll it's, but it's, kill you. The tall vampire leader will kill you. She'll apologize afterwards. Yes. She's very, offer you some bagged milk and some maple syrup, but uh, you know, she'll still kill you. Yeah. I would say the, 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 the biggest surprise so far was they, they allow you to kill like wildlife, like fish and pigs and, and chickens. And I was entering a building and all of a sudden this Pig attacks me. I was not expecting that at all, and I got my revenge and killed it, and I had some ham. <laughs> Perfect. Yes. So it's very fun. I like it. It's a very fun game. That's going to be the game I play next, and I just got Mass Effect uh, Legendary Edition uh, from Gamefly. I bought it from Gamefly, actually. So, like, all in, I spent 35 bucks for that game. <laughs> so I'm very excited about that, playing on a PS5. Uh, so I cannot wait, and hopefully I can talk my son into experiencing Mass Effect for the first time. Oh, so yeah, we'll Mass Effect is... You can't... It's so hard to sell Mass Effect without spoiling, like, what makes yes. Mass Effect so great. But it literally, in my opinion, is the best trilogy of video games. It is, like, so, so good. Um, and then... Uh, that's actually something that I also started playing over the weekend. I, I forgot to mention, I started at Mass Effect 1, and man, it's so good to be back there uh, in, that, in that universe. Um, and uh, I actually also played uh, Returnal, and I uh, I actually beat it pretty quickly. Um, Ooh, aw, <laughs> thank you, Cam. I feel so good about my gaming ability. Uh, no, like, I beat it, so, so I just decided, well, because I... Wh- Going into it, I thought it was going to be a longer game because people that got the game early said, oh, it took me like 30 hours to beat it. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Um, and then like, and then uh, I think I hit credits at 13 hours sure. and I was, and I was just like, wait, that's, that's it. Like, there te- <laughs> like there's technically like another, like a true or like secret ending once you mm. hit credits. And I haven't done that yet. But I did hit credits, um, and so, yeah, it took me, like, I think I took me 10 runs to beat the game, um, and, yeah, it was uh, 13 hours, and and also, uh, just maybe to help you possibly, like, give it another shot in the future, once you finish the third biome, after that, you basically finish that part of the game. You don't have to go back to the oh, okay. first three biomes. And then the last two are, it's like, it's like a second half, if that makes sense. 
Um, so, and then once you beat that part, it's the post game stuff. So there are like technically like three different parts of the game that, so hopefully like that'll make you a little bit more inclined to give it another shot. Like it's not my game of the year at this point. Uh, that's still persona five strikers, but like it's right there at number two. Like it, nice. I, I would, I would be relatively surprised if it's not on my top 10 by the end of the year, just because of how much I love that gameplay loop. Cause I'm one of those people wow. that like. I like, like, hard challenges in video games. Like, uh, I enjoy playing Mass Effects on Insanity, you know, because I'm crazy like that. Um, so I think, uh, yeah, I should. De- I definitely think you should give Returnal uh, another chance. I know that you guys don't have as much time to play games as I do, but uh, it's a great game. Well, my son wanted to try it, so eventually I think when he tries it, I'll get his impressions. And once again, I'm, I, I'm not a, a, a averse to revisiting games if they they do some things to make it worth my wild but yeah i could see where you know i think i got to the first boss uh eventually when i got rhythm down like within 45 minutes so Mm -hmm. it's not like when i said i played five hours that just required me to die a lot to get there so yeah cam's always just making me feel better now so thanks cam 13 hours what do you say 10 deaths i think i had 13 deaths in in five hours so yeah That's fine. That's I'm fine. There's nothing wrong with you. that. Yeah, I'm better at dying than you. Just, There's you know, nothing just wrong with that. Take that. <laughs> Everyone has their strengths and weaknesses, Todd. That's absolutely. I'm very good at dying. Uh, yeah, so um, moving on, we got a question uh, from uh, little Henry Nias. He asked mm-hmm. us, are we getting Metopia? Nope. Okay, we got a note <laughs> there from uh, Cam. Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm leaning towards no as well. I... Am of course going to check out some reviews. If there's a demo, I may check that out and see if, if it if it grabs me. There is a demo. Is it out now? You play it right now when you're okay. Safe, all your progress transfers. See, the only thing that I've been uh, focusing on on my Switch is Pokemon Snap, so I haven't even backed out of that game in like weeks. Uh, so I'll check out the demo. I'm I'm not opposed to it, but. Uh, a RPGs aren't usually my thing, and uh, B, um, I don't know. There's just something about this game that's not catching me right now. But it, it looks like really funny. Which, if an RPG has some humor, like the Super Mario RPG series or Paper Mario games, um, sometimes they'll they'll catch me in. But if it's if it's not a Pokemon game, um, usually RPGs have a, a hard time unless there's a, a good humor loop to it as well. So uh, maybe I'd love to hear if, uh, if Henry picks this up, how he would sell me on it. So Henry, if you're listening uh, and you pick up this game, tell me why I should get it. And maybe I will. This game is a perfect game for like a, well, I can give you experience, a 12 year old boy. Cause Logan just absorbed this game because you can design all your party. You can take all of their me's, make them your party. You can make Will Smith, the bad guy, if you want and you, cause you assign all of the, all of the characters, good, bad, your, your, your party mates. And they basically perform for themselves. And the me creator for this game is like on a level. You haven't seen people can make the Mona Lisa, a, a me can be a Mona Lisa. And it doesn't look like haphazard, like on the Wii. So, um, but yeah, my son loved it and he's so excited about it, which is surprising because he's a 15 year old jaded kid um, who's only playing Destiny 2 or um, Osu, which, if you know what Osu is, parents, God bless your heart. It's a weird rhythm <laughs> game from Japan where all these J pop songs, I'm like, I know them by heart and that should not be something I know. 
Uh, but oh well. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I Logan will definitely be getting this. And when uh, you know Logan's got his first vaccination, actually, that you know I underscore that he's got his first one. He's gonna get a second one. He does that. We're gonna have company over, and maybe Henry and uh, little uh, Logan can play together. We'll see. Awesome. I don't know if there's my online or not, but oh well. And Cam, you, I, I won't even divulge into the Metopia question. No, it's it's just it's just like I don't know. Like I have a vast. When it comes to, like, physical media, like, I always buy, like, my Switch games physical because Nintendo just has a terrible history with, like, game preservation and stuff. I'm just like, nope, I'm buying everything on physically. I just I just don't trust them. And that's, like, probably going to be the first first-party, like, developed title that I'm not getting. Like, I'm just, I have no interest. Like, it just is not, I just know I'm not going to play it. Like, it, uh, you know, for those that dig it cool but it's not for me and i've also heard like just like from the demo it might change when it comes to the full game that but like apparently the online is like a mess mm. uh, oh. so well, well it is we'll, a nintendo it, game yeah so we'll we'll see what happens there but you know may, you know if someone says if someone can like hard sell me on it then maybe i'll pick it up but i don't i don't plan on it so you you didn't realize that all Switch physical cartridges have that destruct button in them that they can just <laughs> Doug Bowser can flip a switch and they all explode like a Mission Impossible mission. Um, I I can't believe no one told you that already. That's uh, that's a crying shame. That's why it, t- it tastes the way it does. Yeah, exactly. absolutely. It's like a cyanide pill. You you lick it, yeah. you die. Like ten yeah, years they, later, so they don't want you yeah. to ingest them in case they hit that button and explodes in your stomach. That's uh, <laughs> awkward for everyone. Henry, uh, don't let these folks influence your opinion. Let us know though what you think of the game. We'd love to hear it. Yeah, well, um, I'd be sold on it, Henry. We're moving on to the news, and this week our news is going to be Game Pass focus as it leads us into the bonus round, which is all about Game Pass as well. So uh, two news stories this week. Well, actually, from the last two weeks. Um, the first one is we continue to hear about rumors about Game Pass on Switch. Phil Spencer, other Microsoft execs, and Xbox are showing Switches on their shelf. And if I look at Cam's shelf in the background, I'm assuming he's working on a Funko Pop project. Is that true, Cam? It's just a, it's just my Funko wall. It's just a wall. That's all. Are you making like a follow-up to the Gears Funko game? No, 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 no. <laughs> I just want to make sure because that, that was a fun game. Yeah, I remember Mark. You're so excited about it. Todd. Hey, be my friend, and I think they stopped making that game. Yeah, that it was short lived, but it was fun. Exactly. Well, um, we are keep like I said, we're hearing to, we're continuing to hear uh Game Pass rumors on Nintendo Switch, but now we're actually hearing uh a Nintendo Insider shut it down. He's basically saying on TechWriter, uh, basically saying that this will not happen. He said, uh, this is David Gibson. Uh, he asked Matt Piscatella. Uh, he said it would make a lot of sense, uh, but I've had Nintendo tell me directly they would not put other streaming services on Switch. And he calls it a lost opportunity. Sure. So we, I think we've talked about it, Mark. Uh, the only way they probably get Game Pass to work is through probably xCloud. Because I do not see them taking a hundred games and making sure they can all run on Switch hardware. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. No, I. Anytime I've I've heard this rumor, I assume that people, when they say Game Pass coming to Switch, I just my brain just automatically translates that to XCloud because there's no way that Game Pass comes, uh, you know, makes sense uh, unless 
Microsoft works out some weird subscription with indie games that are already on Switch, or it's a whole other category library or something. It just it's, it's way too convoluted. So xCloud coming to Switch makes a ton more sense. I would love to see it. Um, you know, I I said that from the first time I think xCloud was announced that a partnership with Nintendo makes so much sense because you have finally you know a portable Xbox basically, and it could be the best portable Xbox because of the joy con it's you know i talked about how great it is to mount my phone to an xbox controller but that means that my phone always has to have an xbox controller somewhere nearby and i think the switch the joy con i think that just gives it a good enough screen that you you know you can play things you can still see things clearly but uh to me the switch could be one hell of a great portable xbox and it's not surprising to me that Nintendo saying no, we still don't have you know Netflix, Disney Plus. What's the only streaming uh, thing Hulu. on on Switch Hulu. is Hulu, Hulu and it's crunchy for you guys or no? Uh, I think it's Hulu. I think as far as I'm aware, Hulu and YouTube. I think. And we YouTube, don't even have YouTube Hulu. might be on there. YouTube might yeah, be on think, there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think YouTube. Uh, we don't even have Hulu in Canada, so we, I got nothing. <laughs> you know, you got, and, <laughs> and and it's not like I don't have two dozen friggin' devices in my house that can play Netflix. That's not the point is sometimes I have the switch there and it's the easiest thing. Uh, there's a, there's an old camera saying the best camera is the one you have on you. And that's where, you know, cell phone cameras started gaining popularity is because a cell phone camera is not better than a DSLR, but it's always on you. And I have the same approach for the switch uh, with with streaming services and xCloud is is now part of that. So it kind of sucks that uh, that Nintendo's just basically throwing their hands up saying nope, none of this. But um, especially where they, you know, Nintendo used to have like a seal of quality that meant something, and now it's like there's a ten dollar calculator on there and a whole bunch of other shovelware bullshit that it's like Nintendo, come on, like. If Xbox wants to put some quality Game Pass stuff on there, like open it up and let them because the rest of your eShop is a steaming pile of dog shit uh, for like 99% of the time. So I, I don't know. Cam, are you as, as frustrated with with this as I am or or does it does it matter to you? Are you happy where you have xCloud on on numerous devices already? Uh. I think, I think uh, Nintendo uh, not wanting Game Pass or XCloud on Switch makes a lot of sense, and I think they're, I think it's like in their perspective the right thing to do, and I think it's, the, I wouldn't say it's the right thing for for Xbox per se, but like, but it makes a lot of sense. Like, um, Nintendo wants people to play Nintendo games on their systems, and if you bring Game Pass, you bring XCloud into that equation your that like their sales are just going to go down like people are going to like focus on game pass are going to focus on x cloud um because that is like a like a really that's like the kind of like the future right like is streaming and things like that so i personally think that it makes a lot of sense um i i never thought that xbox or like game pass xbox live maybe xbox live like their online sort like the online services just to make their online experience on switch better like that i could see being a thing but like game pass nope like uh you know because they 
I don't think that Game Pass makes sense outside of Xbox and PC because they want people... I mean, the most important thing is that they want subscribers, but they also want subscribers to be playing, like, where their home base is, you know, which is Xbox consoles and Windows PC. Because um, that is owned by Microsoft. Um, so when I, when I think about... I, I think that, like... When Xbox and Nintendo became buddy-buddy and, like, you know, Banjo came into Smash, like, a lot of people thought that, like, oh, they're, like, really locked tight. They have a really, like, super close, like, liberal relationship in their, mm-hmm. in their te- like, services and technology. And I'm just, like, I think y'all are overthinking this big time. Like, <laughs> they, they might yeah. be, fr- like, they're friendly to each other, obviously. Like, they, I, and they did, like, that, like, play together, like, mm-hmm. initiative or something like that. But, like, expecting the things that people are expecting right now, it's like, I never expected that. Like, people, like, Banjo's in Smash because Nintendo wanted Banjo in Smash. And Phil Spencer was willing to p- play ball on that. Like, that is literally the end of that conversation. Um, so when it comes to Game Pass, like, if it's not, anything that happens on Nintendo is because Nintendo wanted it first. Like, it's not right. because someone's just like, hey, you know, let's propose this. Like, nine times out of ten, you're, you know, 99 out of 100 times, you're going to be like, no, they're, you're going to be shown the door and you're going to get out because Nintendo just does Nintendo things their way. Um, so for me, it's not surprising. Honestly, like I don't I don't need xCloud on Switch. Um, I, I have my Switch for my Nintendo experiences. I have my X like, you know, I think the thing is, like, I'm not that big of a mobile gamer in general. So xCloud just is a cool thing that I recognize, but I just don't really mess with it at all. Cause I like to just play on my like PC desk or couch. And I just don't really like playing games on such a small device. Like mm-hmm. the switch is like a good size. And even like playing, like now that as I've gotten older, like going back to like three DS and DS games, I'm like, Oh, this is so small. Like, you know what I mean? Uh, so yeah, I, if it were to happen, I would legitimately be shocked. Like if it any time in the future. Yeah, it's it's kind of an interesting situation because I, I'd say there's got to be two things there. there. There has to be a reason why it would be on Switch. Nintendo's going to make money off of it. They're not being okay. there could be nice. So right now, uh, what is their cost of entry? Is it like we get three bucks per user a month or something? That's very pricey considering. Uh, you know, we know Game Pass at this point is not profitable. Xbox is profitable to a certain extent because of the mm-hmm. services and things like that. But Game Pass, they're paying a lot for exclusives and contracts and things like that. Um, so there's got to be cost there. So is it is it gonna, is it worth it enough for them to have them on their console? Um, and I also say this: I don't know if you're going to get a lot of people that are going to pay 15 bucks a month to get XCloud. That's a barrier right now. That's the only way you can get XCloud right now is paying 15 dollars a month with Ultimate. Unless they make a tier that's $5 a month, so this is the streaming only, I think that's the only way you get people that are Nintendo devoted to to pay that price. Because right now, you can pay $20 a year and get Nintendo's virtual console of systems, their online systems, things like that. So mm-hmm. I think it's just a weird financial conundrum to say what it's worth. And Nintendo's already playing around with streaming games, but for a full retail price. I think control is $40 just to stream mm-hmm. it. So Nintendo's like, we can make money off of streaming too, but you're going to pay a premium, uh, which may get you more money. So it's it's kind of an interesting perspective. I, I think if, if they're going to go, if Xbox is going to go outside of 
consoles and PC. I think you're going to get partnerships with Samsung, Roku, you know, maybe Apple devices. I don't know what the relationship is at this point. Uh, but that's, I think, where you go where it's devices where Strange. people out there. But I still think they need a, a, a cloud-based subscription service that's not more expensive than Netflix or something like that because to get people in the door – that's not an entry price. It's that's like a premium experience, like an HBO Max. So fifteen bucks a month, mm, that's that's kind of a deal breaker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense for Nintendo not to have it on there, yeah. but it seems like, like I said, it seems to me like their quality assurance and their their seal of approval of what goes on the eShop has has dropped so much that it seems weird that they actually refuse things. To me, you know what I mean? Like it seems yeah. like it just it seems like anyone that wants to write a, a game or a program can drop it on the switch. So are they actually only going to the, these big companies and saying like, nah, sorry, not you guys. We have, you know, garbage pale kids three, uh, you know, coming to switch next week for twenty five dollars. And it's a, a glitchy piece of shovelware. But you know, we're, we're going to say no to your streaming service or no to this. Um, business wise makes sense. I just, it's, it's, it's that, that seal of approval quality drop for me. That's like, so you approved this, but you're, you're saying no to this. It just, uh, I don't know. It, it frustrates me. Mark, Nintendo won't even give Metroid to Fortnite. So (laughs) (laughs) yeah, we know where they're at. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they don't play nice with others. They don't let their stuff go elsewhere. Typically, they'll they'll be happy to take franchises and bring them onto Switch, but just not vice versa, largely. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but the next news piece is kind of interesting. We've got we've had a lot of debate on what's going to happen with Bethesda titles, Zenimax Studios, all of those titles, and we're continuing to hear about Starfield. This is going to be Bethesda Softworks, Todd Howard's next baby. It's going to basically be Fallout in space. I'm really curious how this plays out. Is it going to look like Outer Worlds? Because we already had Obsidian kind of play in that realm. So I'm curious if it's going to be a lot different than that or do different things. Um, But we are hearing now that this game, Jeff Grubb has confirmed, potentially that this game will be shown probably at E3. And most likely will launch in 2022, early 2022, and also be exclusive on Xbox and PC. Is this going to be the first mega game for Game Pass? Well, that depends if you don't consider Halo Infinite. Yeah, because yeah. Halo, because Halo Infinite like has it has to be great. It has to be a game of the year contender. It mm-hmm. has to be it has to meet expectations, which are extremely high. Because um, you know we we uh, you know me and R- Ryan and the rest of the panel on Unlock talked about this. Like if Infinite, and here's the thing, like. Halo 5, like, yeah, the campaign flopped, but the multiplayer is great. Like, Halo 5 is still, like, a, like a generally good game, I would say. But it's not Halo 1, 2, 3, Reach, uh, some would argue o- ODST. Um, you know, like, it. 4 and 5 just were kind of, a, depending on the person you speak to, where it's like a mixed bag. So, mm-hmm. like, Infinite is supposed to be, like, this reboot. Like, you know, when we saw the the, the, the gameplay reveal, like, it very much felt like... You know, the, the the first time you go on to the ring in the first game, it's supposed to be like that nostalgia, like, you know, this is what makes Halo great type thing. 
and if that doesn't uh that that needs to be mega that has to be their first mega game because if it's not then um halo will no longer be like a like it, you know it 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 pioneered like first person shooters in a in a big way but like you know it it's going to be in this position now where it that like that goodwill is going to be gone because of mm. just the past few entries so and honestly i do think halo infinite is going to do it i think halo infinite is going to be a game of the year contender i do think it's going to be uh like it's going to be getting 9.5 10 out of 10s across the board um but like it, it but it, there is still always the potential that it doesn't you know um and so we just kind of have to see where it is like after that it could be yeah it could be starfield um i think that starfield is you know will be just knowing what's excuse me what's coming out soon like and what has already been announced i don't really think anything else will come out before spring 2022 um you know we got psychonauts too but that's not like a mega thing like people are going to be excited for it but you know um mm-hmm. and then there's everwild which is rare's new ip which we still know nothing about uh fable which i don't think would come out by spring 2022 uh, i don't think either of those games will um so yeah, I would say that after after Halo Infinite, I would say Starfield, but I still think Halo Infinite is like going to be the first mega game. Like Halo is the face of Xbox. It is yeah. the you know it's the mascot of the platform. Like you know I was talk uh, when we were talking about like Halo Three earlier on that uh, buy return or rent game. Like <laughs> Halo Three like was the face of the 360. That game was like the face of a console, um, and that's what Halo Infinite needs to be for the Series X and the Series mm-hmm. S. Yeah, totally it's, agree. It's kind of interesting because when Halo last launched a game in 2015, did Fortnite even exist? No. Not in the way, not like not. Battle Royale. Gotcha. Definitely yeah. not. In Call of Duty Warzone didn't exist. No. Apex Legends didn't exist. I mean, if you can ca- keep, you know, I Apex. I don't think PUBG came out until 2016, I think. Yeah, on PC. So And that was the if, first one. Yeah, so if you yeah. catch my drift, what I'm saying essentially is there's a generation of gamers that just don't view Halo as relevant any longer. A lot of people continue to play it. They have nostalgia for it, but I just don't know if there's that much strong appeal for modern Halo. And I was looking at the sales of Halo. Halo sales peaked with Halo 3. It's been that. downward spiral since then. So I think yeah. Halo... Uh, four got almost 10 million sales. Uh, then we get down to Halo Guardians, which you know they probably around three million somewhere out there. Um, the reason I say is it going to be is 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 Starfield going to be the most the, the mega game is because I got to say that every Bethesda game has probably outsold every Halo game. It's oh yeah. Skyrim. That's why I'm saying it's mega because this is the first time when you're going to have um, Halo be available to P- PC owners at launch. Because um, I don't think five launched on PC. It's not there. Five still but, isn't on PC, which is crazy. So I, that's why I'm thinking it's this is where this could be the biggest game on Game Pass because it's also going to be on PC and PC gamers love Bethesda. So I think this game will blow out. It's like a cyberpunk size game, which will I yeah, think eclipse. I, Halo. So that's why I'm thinking this is this is going to be the first mega game for Game Pass if it's the only place to get it. Plus you can sign up for it. That's why I'm thinking this game may be the most important game for Microsoft more so than Halo or Gears. 
I, I think that you, you have a point there where I'm not going to say it's more important because I, I, I definitely agree with Cam. I think Halo is the game, you know, that that's on the box for the Xbox Series X. Like I think like that is that's the one. But I think for importance, I mean, you, you buy an Xbox. We've known about Halo Infinite since you know, before we knew about the Xbox series consoles, uh, this game Starfield is a megaton just because it's probably going to be the first Bethesda Xbox exclusive after that, that merger, it's going to be a big draw for game pass, both on the console and the PC side. It's, this is, this is a game that's going to get PlayStation people to say, shit i don't want to I miss need a that. game pass yeah i need game you know pass. like if yeah. a play if a playstation person right now or even let's say a year ago two years ago uh you know a playstation person could have said well you know i i've played the halo games they're hit or miss whatever i'm not gonna buy an xbox just for a halo game i'll let the xbox guys have their halo games and i'm gonna stick to playstation and that could be fine but a playstation person could look at this and say well, you know, Game Pass, the Xbox Series S is a, a kind of cheaper point of entry, and they're getting this big Bethesda exclusive. Yeah, okay, cool. And maybe I guess I'll try that Halo thing. So I think there's in certain segments, uh, I think this game could be bigger for Xbox than Halo because Halo is a an expected game. Halo is something we've known about. Halo is something that... that you know, as much as Xbox fans are looking forward to it, it might not bring in a whole bunch of new people right away until it is, you know, game of the year. And you have to play this. You you have to get it right. And then it could draw some new people in. But but a Bethesda game is different. And I, I think uh, I don't think that can be understated. I, I think that has to be kind of looked at as like, yeah, this is a big get and this is going to be a big drop when it does drop. So another quick question about Halo is interesting because to your point, this is kind of one of the first franchises beyond Nintendo that's tried to exist beyond three generations. There's not a lot of Sony franchises beyond Gran Turismo that have continued right. on every generation. Russian uh, Link. Well, there, well, there wasn't on PS1, though. Right. But PS2, 3, 4, and Correct. 5. But this is like Halo from the very beginning, like at yeah. the launch. I, there's, I don't know if there's like Metal Gear is probably the only franchise, but that's not even a, a PlayStation franchise. So it's kind of interesting that outside of like Final Fantasy and the Nintendo franchises, you rarely see a franchise with that longevity. So mm-hmm. I hope I hope Halo can 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 evolve. Combat evolved. Uh, <laughs> sorry, and and continue because I think it's awesome. But yeah, it's going to be time will tell, and I, I and I hope it's more than nostalgia, and I hope they can deliver because I don't want Halo to be irrelevant because that would be that would be a sad thing. But there's there's a, a weird parallel dimension out there where where Halo is still a Mac exclusive. Yes, and uh, and everyone still remembers Marathon. Um, and I was playing, uh, what was it, call it, what was it, the uh, Medal of Honor on PlayStation One with the Dual Shocks, thinking this is a cool first-person shooter. Yeah, nifty. Uh, yeah. No, I, I can't wait for for both Halo and uh, and and Starfield. I think I think it's going to be a good 
season for for xbox and uh, and i think game pass is going to be well i mean it's, it's leading that charge for sure and we're seeing more and more people catch on to to how great game pass is well we don't know if it's great or not mark and we're about to talk through that because that is the topic now <laughs> is game pass good or bad for gaming i mean i listen to a lot of gaming podcasts game pass is the best value in gaming i hear it over and over i mean i own Three years of Game Pass, but I'll be honest, have I paid my full price for Game Pass Ultimate? No, I have not. I paid like dollars on the penny to get it. Many people didn't. Many people are a dollar for three months. Then they got the Game Pass Xbox Live Gold transfer to get three years. So we don't know actually how many people are actually paying $15 a month ongoing. But regardless, um, it's still giving you over 100 games. I think it's maybe up to 200 maybe games a month. Uh, Game Pass Ultimate gives you streaming, Xbox Live Gold. Games with Gold, the PC and the uh, Xbox game experience, or you can get the the standard with Xbox, which just gets you the Game Pass, or PC, which just gets you Game Pass as well. Um, so I, I experience it on all different levels with cloud and PC, so I get to see all these different variances and how it varies a little bit between the platforms, um, and I've enjoyed a lot. Um, but the question is, like I said, is it good or bad for gaming? So the first question to the panel is... Does Game Pass change your expectations? Meaning, if a game is on Game Pass, do you value it more or less? Is it more disposable? Um, Is it seem like it's a bigger deal than a two-year-old game that you probably didn't care about, but now it's on it, so you really care about it? So it it becomes a, a, a sense of what does that do to your expectations versus, you know, other games that are releasing at the time? I think it's, uh, I think it's kind of like it's situational. Um, like if there's a game that I want to play that uh, that's on Xbox and it's not on Game Pass, I'm not going to wait for it to come on Game Pass. Like you don't know that's going to come on Game Pass. So I'm going to buy the game. And if it comes to Game Pass later, well, then that's the way the cookie crumbles. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like um, so. So there is that aspect. But I think in general, like it, it is good. Like even today, I was just like, man, I like. Still haven't played Shadow of War. I, I love Shadow of Mordor. Didn't play Shadow of War. And I was like about to like check out and buy the game on Amazon. And I was like, wait a minute. Let me see if it's on Game Pass. And then lo and behold, it's on Game Pass. And I'm like, cool. That saves me. It was like, it was really cheap. It was like $10. Like, saves me $10. You know what I mean? Like, and it's not like a game I personally care about um, having like a physical copy of. But, like, that is another thing that I'm worried about with Game Pass is that, like, because I do think that Game Pass and, like, that type of subscription type service is the future of, like, um, of gaming that I don't want that. I'm worried about how that's going to affect physical media um, and game preservation because uh, I do think that, like, that is super important and to, like, just be able to have the ability to buy your own copy regardless. Because game outside of the first party stuff, the games on Game Pass aren't there forever like you know it's mm-hmm. it's time like we've seen games come and go like uh and so it's just unless it's first party it's just inevitable that you should just like you know that you shouldn't rely too heavily on game pass but mm-hmm. i do think that just like the ability to try out a game if you like it and you want to buy it um it's on sale it's always like all all game pass games are always 20 percent off um which is cool there's just like there's very little to like harshly criticize game pass as a service. But I think that just in the general mindset of like thinking about that type of model, 
being um, implemented in uh, in gaming moving forward. That's just like a thing for like game preservation that I uh, am worried about. For me, uh, yeah, I mean, it's I, I think it's, it's great for for any of the things that you listed. So length, uh, I think you know, there's if a game specifically built to go to a service like Game Pass, I think uh, that you know, I'm not a game developer by any means. I haven't spoken to any game developers about this, but I would expect that the pressure is off a little bit to create a lasting experience that people will see as worth the value, right? The, if you're charging someone 60 bucks or even $40 for a game or whatever it is, um, you know, there, there's certain expectations about that. And we're seeing that in the conversation about Returnal. We're seeing that like, is this game worth the full value? It's like, well, that's what they're charging. So whatever, like suck it up. But if that game was on Game Pass, no one would be questioning that because the expectation's not there. The, it takes a little bit of that pressure off to say, well, this is included with Game Pass, so I'm going to try out this experience and gauge it on the experience rather than on the money that I paid for that specific experience. So I think in that way, uh, length, it it curbs the expectations a little bit. Uh, quality, uh, as far as, you know, like the quality of game, I, I don't think we're seeing any dip in, in, in games. I think just the opposite, actually. I think uh, Microsoft is leading by example here and holding games back and saying, you know, they're not going to launch even though they're going to be launching in Game Pass and you might not have to pay full price for this game right now. We're still holding it back because we want the quality to be there. So I don't think it's it's changing that expectation at all. And uh, as far as reviews, I mean, you can still pay for these games if you want to. You don't have to get Game Pass. Um, it's it's just allowing people to be a little bit more flexible with how they play games. If you're a physical collector, like uh, like Cam's been saying, um, you can still buy those physical games and, and have that for preservation's sake. Uh, or, you know, if you're like me and you're mainly digital, then my expectations are... I can try out a whole lot more. I don't have to worry about like, okay, well this month I, you know, only have this much money for, you know, I, I could buy one full price game maybe, you know, where, where's that money going to go? Or it's uh, game pass allows me to bit more, be a bit more flexible. So if I want to try out, um, you know, Psychonauts for a couple of hours, I can do that. And I don't have to worry. Uh, that's a bad example because I know it's a good game, but you know, I don't have to worry if I, am I going to like this game? Am I not going to like this game? Uh, can I return it? Did I, oh, I played for two hours and three minutes. Shit, I missed the return cycle, you know? So, um, you know, I, I, I think just that model uh, lends itself to being friendly to developers, to being friendly to consumers. And uh, I just I, I think it's a really good change versus every single game has to be a 60 hour experience because I need one dollar per hour for the value that I'm putting into that you know that that game experience and it's like i got so sick of that the older i got and the more responsibilities it's just like you know like yeah let me have a tiny four-hour experience or let me have a, a 10-hour resident evil style experience or whatever and and the more of those you can throw on game pass i'm not worried about what i paid for it you know i'm not worried if it's a 60 dollar or 40 dollar or four dollar game it doesn't matter it's it's just a game and I can enjoy it for what it is. 
Yeah, it's an interesting experience with uh, Game Pass because game demos are just not as prevalent as they used to be. So in, on one hand, it's just a way to just experience a game without a financial penalty. Um, you know, it takes away the risk because a lot of indies come out and like, I would love to try it, but there's so many of them. And it's like, yeah. I can't spend $15 and every indie comes out and I may not love it. So, mm-hmm. um, and, and if we just don't see developers making demos because it takes extra effort and different things like that to get some noise and say, hey, we have a demo, please play us. Mark won't even play the Mitomo demo. <laughs> <laughs> and it's free but especially yeah. it, that that uh, is especially especially compounded when it's an indie game because yeah the, a lot of, you know smaller teams and stuff are you going to take those resources and that time to make a demo for an indie game um and as much as i ripped apart the e-shop earlier there are amazing a lot of demos amazing uh no i was gonna say amazing oh. uh indie games oh sure in the e-shop but when it's you know 20 amazing indie games all dropping for 30 bucks a pop for a month it's like i am 100 percent going to miss 90 percent of those amazing Absolutely. games yeah and it's you know game pass again takes off a little bit of that pressure where i can dabble in this one dabble in that one try this one out and that's why i love the uh the weekly and daily and monthly challenges that game pass has as well if you're not doing those start doing them um because it's literally free money but uh, I love those challenges because I played like Costume Quest 2, game I never would have paid Perfect. attention to. Great game. It's a week challenge. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. I didn't mention it in the games I was playing because I knew we'd talk about it here. Um, but I loved that. And I only played it because there was a challenge there. And I said, well, frigate, uh, Minecraft Dungeons, same kind of thing. I've played a few games that I don't even have to download now because I can jump on xCloud, play them on my phone, on my iPad, no downloads necessary. And... You know, I I'm, I'm experiencing so many different games that were never ever even close to on my radar, but I love it. Yeah, it's very cool. I think yeah. Once again, you don't have to trust reviews; you can try it yourself, which is which is great. Um, the quality seems to be hanging on there around the seven and eights. I would say that's the majority of games are seven and eights are fine. What I would say though. I think the expectation has been frustrating to me because the big thing has always been day and day at Xbox first party. The Xbox First Party has been a drought. It, it just has been. It's been Gears 5, Sea of Thieves, Medium, that's an exclusive, not by First Party, and then maybe Halo Infinite. We're probably going to get, uh, you know, uh, Psycho- Psychonauts 2. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to get some day and date, like indie games, which they highlighted, which is great. But you buy a console, hopefully, for the first parties. And right now, Xbox hasn't given us reason to say why the Series X is the best thing in the world, because most games are still running on Xbox One. There's not anything pushing the hardware. Um, and right now, we have the, the fall to look forward to. So that's, that's to me, that's where Game Pass has kind of faltered. And I know like, the reason why they've made Game Pass and backwards compatibility their guidance, because they don't have anything else. they got other people's games and better-looking old games. And that's really it's kind the of this generation game. story, though, isn't it, so far? Like... It is, but PlayStation PlayStation has delivered constant games in 2019, 2020, 2021. And PS5 exclusives, though? Well, I mean, we've got got games that are coming out. We did get a couple. We got, you know, I mean, we've got uh, Demon's Souls first, and then we've got Ratchet & Clank. Miles Morales. Miles Moranis, which is, you know, it's a cross. It's not a a PS5. Yeah, yeah, it's cross. But at least it's a Sony game, Mark. 
That's yes, that's Xbox true. I will give you that. No, for for yeah. sure. Uh, PlayStation's had a little bit more up front, but uh, I think with the acquisitions, I think Xbox is going to catch up really quickly, and uh, they're going to have a really great 2022 yeah. like first party. It's it's they're just going to knock it out. So they're they're getting people in right now of the you know yeah. play the old games, come in, get used to Game Pass. It's a great value. And then as as you know, like my my Game Pass, the whatever th- two or three years that I've been subscribed, uh, that ends in 2022. So I think they're going to be coming out that first quarter, Starlink, whatever, like other Starfield, games. They're yeah. going to be the Starfield. Um, they're they're going to be announcing those games and and putting them out in a, a, a pace that makes it very hard for me to unsubscribe to Game Pass. Yeah, they're they're going to be saying like you know. Okay, you've been coasting by, you've been enjoying this, but guess what? Here comes the rain, and it's they're going to open up the skies, and it's it's going to be some some really quality stuff that's going to keep you in that ecosystem. So I think Microsoft's playing a long game here. They're they're not, yeah. you know, they're they're not too worried about putting everything up front because they they want you in for a long time. I hope so, because I'm just tired of hearing that narrative. It's coming, it's coming. It's been like five years since they've really had a, 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 a banger, which is just like, that's a long time. That's why, yeah, like yeah. I said, Halo, Halo, Halo's, you know, Gears, a lot of these games are just not hitting yet. So I'm excited for what they can deliver. And based on the 23 Studios, they should be able to put four games out a year and get that game going where they got four or five years to develop a game. So I just want I think, that to happen. Yeah, but I th- next year's that year. Like next year, it's gotta be. all those games yeah. that like Everwild, Fable, um, I don't know about Hellblade. Hellblade's up in the air just because I know that they're doing Unreal 5 for that one. But like all these other games that have been announced that aren't coming out this year are coming out next year. Like yeah. th- there's no doubt about that. Um, and so that's already looking Really, really great, and I would disagree. I think Gears Five was uh, very overlooked uh, the year it came out. Um, I think that I think that was uh, yeah. I thought that game was the best looking game to come out last year uh, or that year it came out. Um, that game was absolutely stunning. Um, and uh, I th- yeah, again, I think uh, like that game just got a little bit overlooked in that sense. Um, but you're you're I mean you're right. Like I mean we need a there we need to wait and uh, see. And get these, get, wait and get these games. Um, you know, right now Xbox, like the best thing about it is Game Pass, and I still think it will be like moving forward. But like, um, that's all there. And the backwards compatibility is also great. Um, but you know, it just doesn't have like the the granite few, but still like the PS5 exclusives, um, and things like that. I still think overall, just as a system, I like definitely like if I could only have one system and like knowing what xbox series x and like ps5 has to offer i would still go with the series x and mm-hmm. just like because the thing is is like i think like the games look best on series x um and i think that um you know while the load times may not be as as quick like that's not like a deal breaker for me so the ps5 for me is like more or less uh to play those exclusives and you know, the PS4 backwards compi- uh, compatibility because there's still plenty of PS4 games I need to play. But even then, I have my PS4, like, on display. Like, you know, I my P- I have a PS4. So that's not really uh, an issue there either. So um, I, uh, I I saw a couple of IGN people uh, or a couple of other, other people kind of mirror those sentiments today. Justin Davis was one on Twitter. 
since the launch of Next Gen, I've done a complete 180, and at this point, I wouldn't really recommend a PS5 to people. Not until it has more games. Get an Xbox Series X and sign up for Game Pass. I uh, followed that one up with I play Xbox an Xbox game literally every night and haven't turned my PS5 on in two months. Returnal looks great, but it's seventy dollars. Game Pass is just wait, Mark, you have a PS5? No, this is Justin Davis. Oh, I thought it was you saying that. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm reading his tweets. I'm reading oh, his tweets. Oh, okay. Gotcha, uh, Game gotcha. Pass is just too good to ignore. PS5's library will get there someday, and it will be expensive. Uh, and around the same time, even though they didn't plan this out, uh, Zachary Ryan uh, tweeted, the uh, Series X is the first Xbox I've ever owned outright, and goddamn, I'm all in this gen. I feel like I'm making up for lost time playing just about everything on Xbox these days. The functionality ui game pass i just really love this little guy um so there we go uh yeah whole bunch of love on the xbox front i'm See, seeing I'm like, more and more I'm like people the i'm the opposite because i've owned an xbox all these years i played all those games on xbox i'm like I, i'm kind of nothing to play on xbox to a certain extent because the games that are in game pass are typically two to three years old you know games i probably played before and like i said there's no first party games that are really enticing me so i'm like Xbox just kind of sits there and play maybe plays um, Outlanders, um, Outriders, or Outriders. No, Outriders. Outriders. As I play that and I play Destiny every once in a while, but beyond that, it just kind of sits there and says, "Give me a AAA game to play that is is out there." Because uh, and that that gets me to kind of like uh, the next point: Does it hurt sales of games then on Game Pass? Because no. I know for a while the PS Plus experience. Oh, I just bought that, but now it's on PS Plus, and people regret, so they hold off on games at times. And I've heard a lot of people say, I don't think a game's worth $70 because I have a Game Pass. But I'm like, but Game Pass isn't putting out AAA prestige experiences yet. And I hate to think that a game can't be prestige and still garner a sale. I I would hate to see that, because I don't think you're going to get Call of Duty on Game Pass. You're not going to get Assassin's Creed on Game Pass, because... They have their own launchers. They have those things like that. So I try to to understand um, when people say, well, it's not a Game Pass, so that's that's a deal breaker. I think Game Pass is a great service like Netflix, but Netflix doesn't always have the best movies. So you still want to go out and see movies, have a premiere experience. Um, I think that changes a bit when you can play a premiere experience on Xbox, like next-gen games and things like that. But that's where I struggle because I think some games are worth that price. Um, I... (sighs) I mean, like, I don't, I, I don't disagree about the, the idea of like games being worth seventy dollars. Like, I pay, paid seventy dollars for Eternal Easy. I, I'm paying seventy dollars for Ratchet and Clank Easy. Like, I'm not too worried about about that. But like, I don't. I think that I think that Game Pass, like, I think its catalog is like insane. I think it's uh, incredibly good, and it, I think it's only going to get better, uh, especially if like. You're into JRPGs. There's so many JRPGs on that on Game Pass that are like, you know, you can get like hundreds of hours of gameplay and like just a few of those titles. Um, and then like, I don't know. I'm just trying to take a look at at the uh, <laughs> at the catalog right now because um, it it really is just like fifteen dollars for what it gives you is just like so so good. And you know, it it's one of those things where like. There's a reality now where you can just where like anyone could just like more or less have a Series S and a Game Pass subscription and they're set. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like they don't they don't have to worry about anything anything else really. Yeah, um, and I'm we're we're in a pretty privileged position where 
you know, a lot of times we'll get games as review games or sent to us or whatever, or, you know, we, we have jobs that support us and support this ridiculous habit that we have. So we're, (laughs) we can buy games. Uh, but you know, as a, as a new dad, um, money's definitely tighter than it was a couple of years ago. And I appreciate game pass for that reason where I don't have to worry, like, do I have something new to play or do I have something to play that I haven't experienced before? Uh, can I afford, and in, in Canada games, uh, you know, are, are 80 bucks, um, plus tax. So like a new game for me, like I, like I said <laughs> two weeks ago or whatever, I dropped $92 taxes in on new Pokemon snap. And I almost bought two copies because I'm mentally deranged uh but my wife and i both like liked playing it so uh, whatever i i still only bought one copy but some months i can't do that and and sometimes that hurts so game pass is great there but it doesn't stop me from wanting uh a new assassin's creed game or uh, you know a call of duty or something that you know might not be on game pass or that i want to play right away and if it's on game pass later on then cool other people get to experience this that couldn't afford it, decided to skip it, decided it wasn't in their budget, whatever. So, you know, coming coming from our standpoint, it might be like, yeah, you know, it's going to hurt upfront sales of this game because they figure it's going to go to Game Pass later. But, like, I appreciate that not everyone, everyone can afford every single game when it comes out or when they want to, and and uh, that can be frustrating, but Game Pass is there to, to hopefully help you out. So, um And I think we've seen that, like, you know, games continue to sell at record sales uh, numbers and continue to do really, really well. So I don't think it's I don't think it is hurting releases and I don't think it will. So let me give you an example of something that happened about the same time. Returnal launched at $70. Oh, my God. Game Pass. Why do we even have this? Pokemon Snap debuts at $60. Oh, my God. I can't wait to get it. It's just weird that it's just there's this weird and I know I'm I'm PlayStation guy, but it still it still seems like there's this. I, I guess it's it's this weird pass we give Nintendo. Nintendo can charge ridiculous amounts for to yourself, uh, Mark, that you have to buy two copies. So for your wife to enjoy that game, so almost $180 in for Pokemon. Well, I did buy the cartridge, so we yeah, can just okay. we can swap back and okay. forth even better. Between the two so, switches, yeah. so that I'm just that broken that I was yeah. like, I want to play it at the same time you're playing it. And I have $90 to spare. So my broken little brains, like just buy another copy, but I stopped that. And I played game pass instead on my phone while she was playing Pokemon on the TV. So, um, thank you. Game pass. You actually saved me uh, a lot of money on a game. I already own, but it, it's just weird that there is this weird, like uh, Sony's expected to have game pass, but Nintendo isn't. So I just think that some weird, this is weird. Like, Nintendo cannot, they can still charge $60 for a game and make you charge, you know, you have to buy what, a separate uh, Switch plus Animal Crossing copy, like almost $360 in to play Have a Second Island. It's like, I don't understand the value equation. The thing is with Nintendo is that Nintendo just has been here long enough that they can do whatever they want. That's like, Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, that is the answer. But like, Xbox, like, Xbox and PlayStation are. Xbox and PlayStation are two like stubborn bulls that just keep running their horns together and clashing. And Nintendo's like a weird sheep that's humping a tree in the back of the field, and everyone's just like, "That sheep's gonna do what it wants." What's that Pokemon sheep and called? Like, I think 
Mary Sheepler. Mary. Yeah. <laughs> well, I like it's not even that. It's just, it's like the way that I I try to explain it is that um like Xbox and PlayStation are playing in a sandbox and like PlayStation one and Xbox is like, okay, I'm going to do something else now. But then PlayStation keeps pushing Xbox, you know, in that sense, in that sense where like Xbox is more than just a console platform now, you know, like it is, it is a, just a platform, you know what I mean? Like it's on PC, it's on mobile, like granted, like PlayStation has PS now on PC, like that's, that's fine, but it really you don't really like think about those things when it comes to PlayStation. You think about it as it's a console. Xbox yeah. is like more than a console now. Um and so like PlayStation needs like needs to adapt to what Xbox is doing, but Xbox and, and Xbox like needs to adapt to what PlayStation is doing in a in a, in a sense with the exclusives, mm-hmm. but Nintendo is like has like does not care about any of that stuff yeah they're, they're not we, even on the same playground and we we know that they are providing a different type of gaming experience and when they have like all these like you know iconic ips you know you can't like you can just not buy the games but like really you're just hurting yourself in that in that aspect you know what i mean and it's mm-hmm. it's you, you just you just know what's not going to change it's like buying uh an apple product like you know that there's a premium price to it but you know that you're also going to get something um, more most of the time of quality, you know, um, like not going to pretend that like Nintendo hasn't dropped the ball in, in some aspects, but like, you know, like the switch library is insane. And the 3ds library before that was insane. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and it, like Nintendo brings out quality things all the time. And, um, and I feel that like, more like nine times out of 10 everyone can play while playstation and xbox does not provide that um it's just something that everyone knows what nintendo is like you know you can ask almost anyone what um the switch is and they'll know what it is xbox and playstation it's up in the air you know what i mean it's just mm-hmm. nintendo's a household name it, 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 it just is and so when it comes to those type of things um like you know um like I, I don't know. Like the, and I feel like I was a m- in the minority opinion when this happened. But like when 3D All Stars was announced for sixty dollars, people were like sixty dollars, and I was just like, yeah, sixty dollars. You're getting three <laughs> ten out of ten Mario games for the sixty dollars. Like, do I agree that? Do I like? Uh, do I think that the way that they uh, ported these games is good? No, they did some sort of emulation thingy, which is whack. Like they did like the most laziest way possible, mm-hmm. but you're still getting access to three incredible games that all, as far as I'm aware, hold up to this day. And you're getting that on like Nintendo's potentially most successful system at the end of the day that will probably its next system will probably also be able to play switch games like when you put in all those factors, like yes, sixty dollars is worth it. Are you kidding mm-hmm. me? Like I don't, I don't understand. Like I don't understand like the uh, the the mindset. I, I, I don't know. Like, well, again, I, like I'll I'm give not, a I'll, I'll give a counterpart I, on that because yeah, sure, the sure. Halo Mas- the Halo Master Chief collection, they actually improved that game so much and brought it to a, oh, a yeah. second standard. Versus those games felt like just ports with a little crispness to them. So I just felt sure. like it was lazy and like they just said let's get some. Oh, ports. I agree. So that's why I'm I, saying it's like. 
for Nintendo, I feel like they've always put the least amount of effort to make the oh, maximum, sure. maximum amount of money. So I just feel like with Nintendo, I feel like they're not always giving value. And, and you'll spend more money with Nintendo for less games. But you just other. nailed it right there. The most amount of money. They're still making exactly. crazy amounts of money. Work. And if they didn't, they they'd change work. their tune real they quickly. They convinced everybody that they're the nicest person in the world where they're taking more money from you for the least amount of games. That's I know your Futurama mom comparison, I know. Exactly. Here's the thing, though. Like, it, it's kind of uh, – and this is kind of – granted, like, Nint- again, Nintendo is a weird company. We don't know, like, how that company really works. But, like, when you think about also – the amount of studios, like first-party studios that Nintendo has, not a lot, not a lot. And so when you think about, okay, would you rather like have less games coming and then get like a proper like remaster of all three of these games in one package, or would you get what we got and then we are still getting brand new games as the time comes along? And it's like for me, like I don't think those games really need any like new features or anything like that like and i think that's kind of like the charm of nintendo like um i don't know i i I think that um i think it's really a case-by-case basis and i and i again like i don't think that nintendo like i sound like i'm like a nintendo like uh apologist or anything like that but like uh because you know usually my job you know, there's there's some things uh, I think Nintendo does great, and there's some things where I'm just like I don't get how I don't get the mindset. Um, but I think that um, when it comes to most of their games, there are some games like that I that they that they ported on Switch where I'm like, why is this sixty dollars? Like uh, when yeah. Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze, I was like, this should not be a sixty. It's the Funky Kong tax. <laughs> you know, like th- there were definitely been games that have have come to Switch. I'm just like, this should not be this much money. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, you know, there are some aspects where, uh, but but again, like they're doing things that I really really love. Like uh, my favorite Wii U game, Tokyo Mirage Sessions, which is a very uh, obscure uh, JRPG, despite it being first party Nintendo, uh, at least published. Uh, that got a second life on the Switch, and like I'm super happy that a game exists on the Switch now. And I've been like, you know, trying to tell people like this is a great JRPG. If you like Persona, like this is like 100% a game that you should play. Like. Um, so I don't know. I think that I think that Nintendo is just a whole in general when it comes to this whole discussion. Like Nintendo is just a whole nother entity that it's hard to it's hard to like put them into the discussion because they're just com- doing a completely different thing. Like the you know the the Switch is a completely different type of gaming experience than what mm-hmm. Xbox and, and PlayStation want to do, and like they're just their own thing. And I think they've been their own thing. You could say like as early as the Wii. Um, oh, yeah. So like it, it's just I, I think it's I'm not saying that like everything that they do is right, but I also think that they're just a whole nother thing, and they just shouldn't be compared to PlayStation, Xbox, PlayStation, Xbox. I feel like there's a discussion there, but even with in the Xbox point of view, I think that Xbox isn't thinking about particularly what PlayStation is doing. They're just thinking about. Game Pass, getting first-party studios, the things that they know mm-hmm. that they're missing to become a success. Like they're not worried about what PlayStation does, but I think that PlayStation is worried about what Xbox is doing, and that's and that's the thing that I'm kind of at right now. Play, PlayStation's still very much thinking about the box, uh, where I think Cam, you nailed it before saying Xbox. You can buy their box, and I've said it on the the podcast before. They they'd love for you to buy 
their shiny new box, just like they'd love for you to buy a, a, a Windows Surface tablet or PC or whatever. Um, 100%. Yeah, do that. That's great. But they also don't really care if you build your own PC as long as you're still using Windows and Microsoft Office. So it's the exact same kind of thing where, yes, please go out and buy an Xbox. That's great. But as long as you're subscribed to Game Pass, doesn't matter. You don't really care. So if it is on, like Todd, you said earlier, if it's on a Roku uh, TV, like like the one I have uh, in my other room behind me here, or my phone or iPad or Nintendo Switch or wherever, then that's kind of what they want. So the, I think that's the last thing we'll we'll touch on is is where do you see Game Pass going? Um, is it specifically you know is there strategy to get more boxes or or is their strategy a little bit bigger uh todd let's start with you for this one um where do you see game pass going um xbox doesn't want to sell boxes because they don't make any money off the hardware they lose they even experience they were on the the trial for yeah. the for the epic apple trial. versus epic we mm-hmm. have not made any profits from xbox consoles consoles um that's a loss leader and they don't want to be there anymore <laughs> Every generation, they had something going on. They spent too much on the, X, the OG Xbox with the hard drive. They had the Red Ring of Death hardware experience that cost them a billion dollars. Xbox One with Kinect was just it was just a big waste. And they're losing money on the Series X. Uh, maybe not the Series S. Maybe. I don't know. Um, they don't want to sell boxes anymore. They want to be agnostic of that and sell a subscription so they don't have to worry about launching a, 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 a new box every five years. They can sell you a dongle if they want to do that or get on an app. That's where they want to go. That's where they're going to be, and they. And Phil Spencer said there's going to be announcements of that soon, probably in 20, maybe even at E3, maybe it's a CES uh, announcement. But I see that's where they're going to be because it's just what's holding them back. They want to be on every phone, they want to be on every TV, they want to be in every streaming box. Uh, 300 to 500 dollar box is an obstacle to most families, uh, and so that's where they play. They've never sold more than I think 80 million boxes, and they sold maybe. 40 million last gen. Um, and I don't know if they're going to get there this gen. They're selling very well, but that's kind of where I see them going. And I think it's going to be really awesome because with 23 studios, they essentially can reduce the amount of third parties, take some of that money back and invest back in their studios and really make it a Xbox focused service, but still with some games that are part of that service and premium uh, third party experiences. And we could even see more content added to Game Pass like PlayStation has, where they potentially are going to add movies and Crunchyroll and things like that. We could see Xbox do other things, partnering with Hulu and other services. We've seen that with some of their um, extra the features. Halo show. The Spotify. I think it was like four months of free Spotify, yeah. things like the that. The Halo show's coming. The Halo yeah. show's coming. Yeah. Yeah. So I could see that coming to uh, Game Pass as well as I think is it Showtime? Paramount uh, I Plus? think it's Showtime or Stars. I think that yeah. I think yeah, it's one of the two. Um, I hope you are wrong. <laughs> I hope you're wrong oh, about. I hope hardware. you're wrong. I hope you're wrong specifically about the box. Like I don't want them to get rid of the boxes. Like I understand that they don't make it. The thing is though, it's Microsoft. Like Microsoft has like endless pockets. Like it. Like them, mm-hmm. them not making a profit is just like eh, it's whatever, you know. Uh, and <laughs> and here's the thing, like that's like just how it is with like all systems. Like I'm mm-hmm. sure Sony is not making a profit on the PS5. Like they didn't make a like they. It took how long for the PS4 to become profitable? Like years. And, so and, I'm, you gonna know, ask, I'm gonna ask you a question about that, Cam, because they do have a box. Every PC that's out there, 
they don't have to have a console connected to a TV. They can have app for that, and they still will have a box you can play their games on. So essentially, they have both markets covered, but and they don't have to spend money on that PC. But I want to, but I want to play on a TV. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Kim. I can do it with my laptop. I just take my laptop over to my TV. That's PC too much. No, that's, that's, that's a pain that's, in the ass. Oh, no, come on, my laptop. My laptop no. is no different than docking no. a switch. Come on. And God. then you're also that's limiting people that like have to get like a PC laptop and not like a Mac. Like, because I just bought a MacBook, and like yep. while I have a gaming PC, like I prefer MacBook when it comes to the laptop experience. Um, so like for me, that no, I just want to be able to like this is the easiest you've been able to set up a console. Like I think like ever it's just like yeah. plug in and play oh like the app you just set it up really quick and it's done like it's so it was so quick so seamless and i think that xbox has like really mastered their ui their their uh interface and like uh how that honestly it feels like it just feels so premium like doing everything that i do on an xbox feels like a premium uh experience a premium layout um, and I think that PS5 in, in its own way uh, does that as well. But like, man, like I, I think like almost every time I go onto either like the PS uh, or the Xbox Store or like uh, my library, I'm like, man, this feels so premium. Like this, that like just ex- like scrolling through the Game Pass catalog, scrolling through like the the library, scrolling through what deals are happening is like. All of this feels so great and like such an evolution of like what the Xbox One was like, uh, you know. And so for me, it's just like I don't want to lose out on that. And I also just like when it comes to physical media, I don't want that to be taken away either. Um, you know, and I think that I think, you know, I think that both PlayStation or Sony and Xbox want that to happen. They want to eventually get rid of the disk drive. But I think that at least with Phil Spencer in charge, we won't see that happen for the uh, like if, if Phil Spencer makes it to the next generation, which I honestly don't think he will. But I think that whoever takes over, um, hopefully that is in the same of like mind and spirit as Phil Spencer, that like that will not be uh removed uh next next generation i just think that i think it's nice that there is the option for it like like playstation did it like oh here's the digital version four hundred dollars a hundred dollars less like that was great um the series s like it makes sense that's discless is supposed to be like a uh a budget-friendly system you know with like to in game pass and things like that to attract uh game pass subscribers but like I, I just hope that that option is always there. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I have to agree with Cam. I, I don't think they're gonna stop selling boxes. Uh, the same thing I, I just said. You know, they, they, they sell Windows Surface PCs, uh, tablets, whatever. Um, and I, I don't think their hardware division is gonna go away anytime soon. But I think they are approaching this the same way that they are with with Windows and with Office and whatever. Um, you know, we just saw Microsoft Teams today. Literally, uh, I read this uh, this morning or this afternoon. Uh, opened up for not just Teams for personal use as well. So they're just expanding that, just like they're expanding Game Pass. Uh, you know, Office continues to become more robust. Game Pass is going to be the same. And at the end of the day, I think they 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 want you 
all in their ecosystem, but uh, they also want that flexibility so you can you can play it anywhere. And that's uh, back to my point. You know, I I think they'd love it on a Switch. I'm sure they'd love xCloud on a PlayStation. Uh, they want it on your phone. They want it everywhere because they want you in that ecosystem. But uh, I think they realize that the best place to play is when they make their own hardware. So I don't think that hardware division is going to go away anytime soon. I think they're going to keep iterating on the series consoles. Uh, I don't think X and S are the last letters that we have. Uh, I think we're going to see those, uh, you know, expanded on for the next few years. But uh, I, I am interested to see what the next letter is. And maybe it will be a little dongle that you you hook up and it's just the, the xCloud streaming device and it's the Xbox Series C or something. I don't know, whatever. Uh, Series D maybe for dongle. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. But uh, I don't think they'll stop making hardware. But uh, that's kind of where I see Game Pass going is they want it in everything. Especially xCloud specifically. Again, I'm anytime I say Game Pass, I'm thinking xCloud because um, – I think that's that's how they view the future, and they just want that everywhere. I do think, though, we will see a tiered subscription for streaming only, though. I don't think they can charge oh, yeah. $15 yeah. for streaming only. Cause that's, a, that's a tough sell. Like I said, if they're not going to sell a box, they need to make an entryway to get people like Disney Plus at 6 bucks. It's easy. You get a people in, and it's not the premium experience. If you want a premium experience, oh, get a box, uh, and that's $300. Yeah, and yeah I think – I, I would like I would like something like that. Like if there was some sort of like dongle where it's just like a streaming only type experience that mm-hmm. for those that you know, a Google Stadia, for lack of a better term, for Xbox that is cheaper, like, you know, a hundred dollars, they send you whatever you need and the controller. The controller, yep. Um and then and then you're good to go. That's great. Um I would as long as there's still like a console with a disk drive, I am I am happy. Um yep. that that I could see that happening for sure. Sammy, you're fighting back <laughs> the digital wave. Nintendo just sold 40% of their software digitally. Nintendo, that's crazy. I think other consoles are at 60%, but I hope that happens for you, bud. Yeah, I, I, again, it's like, it's not even for me, because like, outside of like, I'm a steelbook collector, so like, outside of games that have like steelbooks, or like if I buy a collect, uh, like a collector's edition, um, or if it's a JRPG on Xbox, I normally get, my, like most of my Xbox library is digital. But I still just want that option to be there. Same thing with PlayStation. Most of my PS4, uh, I'd actually say it's pretty 50-50, actually. Because, you know, when I think about the uh, amount of um, games that are only on PlayStation 4 that are Japanese games that aren't on, like, Xbox, um, I do have physical copies of those. But I think, like, again, like, I think just in general, my collection is, like, uh, across all three consoles is pretty equal. Like, I would say it's more digital than physical um still because i just have so many digital games on xbox um but yeah it's one of those things that i just hope that it stay like it stays relevant um at least uh through my lifetime (laughs) well excellent well that is it um game pass is going strong we've got e3 coming up it's going to be uh just a rife with game pass announcements I think we're all excited for that. So be ready for that. We'll be talking about uh, all these announcements over the next coming weeks. We cannot wait. So Cam, thank you for being on, bud. Uh, you, yeah, you took us. On. This is longer than normal podcast, but it was it was just a wonderful time to talk with you know talk about games with you and and Mark. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Thanks so much. Yeah, I I like to I like to uh, talk long winded when it comes to things. So apologies <laughs> for that. Um, no, we, we enjoyed it. 
But uh, yeah, thank you so much. It was a uh, it was a uh, joy. You know, it was fun. Be, uh, before we let you go, uh, I know you you touched on a little bit of your experience, but just you know, for anyone listening, any tips for getting into sure. the industry and for uh, sure. you know what what kind of would you leave with the people before you tell people you know how to find you and all that kind of stuff? Are there any any getting into the industry tips, uh, things that you've learned? You said, you know, you're, you're two years into taking this uh, as a career kind of path. So uh, any anything that you can distill it down into of, you know, is it is it simply just work hard and shoot your shots when you see them? Or is there something else to it? Uh, yeah. So when it comes to writing, um, I would just say um, just pitch to as many outlets as you can think of, like, you know, think think smaller, like, you know, you're not gonna, you're not gonna get IGN's attention if you're trying to get your start, you know what I mean? Like, I, again, I started at Dual Shockers, which was like a, you know, BC tier site, um, and, um, and that's actually, like, the only main place that I've, uh, written for, uh, and, you know, uh, networking is super important, like, interact with the people that you want to eventually work with on Twitter, like, I'm on, like, the amount of, networking i've done in the past two years uh to on twitter has made me go on twitter more than i like want to like it has actually affected <laughs> my like my usage of social media um but you know that's that's how you like get in contact with people that's how you uh, network with people like a lot of the places uh people that i've gotten to work with uh is simply by interacting with them and then eventually they're going to take notice of you and they're going to be like oh like and they might click on your profile and see like, oh, you're actually someone that's writing. You're actually someone that's trying to get somewhere and they'll uh, start talking to you and they'll give you a follow. And um, then like, you know, when you're comfortable enough, you just shoot your shot and, uh, you know, they uh, they can say yes. They could say no. Um, but regardless, like at least you tried. like you got to at least try, because if you're not, mm-hmm. then you're just you're not going to get anywhere. So um, uh, those are like the main things It's just pitch to pitch to places if you're a writer um um when it comes to yeah that that's all i can really speak of i can't really say like if you're like if you're a video editor or any sort of video work but if you're a writer or if you're like trying to be like <clears throat> a host or something like that you just gotta throw yourself out there um and uh and then eventually like you know gr- you'll grow in that sense um you know try and uh, go to as many conventions as you can um talk to people there, uh, try and get on some PAX panels. If you go to PAX, uh, people will take notice of you that way. Um, that's just, uh, it really is a lot of just networking. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I shot, uh, cam a DM and that's how we're talking today. So yes, yeah. it does yeah. work. Simple as that. Yeah. Simple as that. Uh, and I, uh, yeah. And again, like I, I go on as long as like, uh, someone asks me to go on a podcast i'm like yeah i don't see why not you know um and i because i don't know i I just think that you're if i was like new uh getting into the industry and i asked someone that was like at the position i'm at now i would say like i would want them to say yes so why would i not like i would feel bad if i said no and i like i have no reason to say no you know what i mean like um so i'm not i'm and even though even so like even if I was at that point where like, like I've been told by people that I'm big enough now where I should like start like asking for money to, mm. to go on, 
from the people that asked me to go on things. I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to do that. Like, I don't, <laughs> I, I like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I just, that, that feels wrong. And I, and I don't feel like that. I, I also just don't feel like my brand is where it, it needs to be to, to justify that. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. that's just my own personal thing. Like, um, like when I went on IGN, I was just like, Hey, like, can I get paid? Because like, I'm on, you know, the biggest Xbox podcast in the world. Like, you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. but when it comes to like, smaller podcasts i'm like i'm not gonna do that to like to to that i'm like that's not that's mm-hmm. not cool so it, it really just like you know it really just depends um but yeah you guys you know you guys are doing this for fun you guys are doing this uh you know uh as a as a cool like as a weekly fun activity and in like why like i don't know it just it just again it just seems wrong to like say like hey like can you pay me like 50 dollars to come on no i'm not gonna do that it's like um so so yeah i uh don't do that too. Don't ask for money to go on <laughs> when you, uh, when you're, when people ask you to go on your podcast, like don't, you know, I understand like people like, you know, being, doing what I do is very inconsistent with the mm-hmm. income, but like, you know, don't, uh, don't be like that. I don't know. I just, I just feel like, uh, you know, it's, it's not worth it. That, that, that's not worth it. So, um, right. so yeah, so I'm, you know, I'm happy to be here. It was a great time. And, uh, Thank you guys for uh, inviting me. Oh, thank you, Cam. And tell people where they can find you, follow your stuff. You're on Twitter, but where else? Yeah, so you can follow me on Twitter at CamFinalMix. And then I stream on Twitch, twitch.tv slash CamFinalMix. And uh, that's about it. You can find my writing. uh, Well, I only have one piece, but uh, I've been on IGN. I've been on Kind of Funny Games Daily. uh, I've been on... uh, games uh GameSpot podcast um i've been on inside gaming but they're not really a thing anymore uh rip to them um <laughs> uh and then um and then i've been on spot on me uh which is a like uh it's a podcast that like helps highlight like diverse voices in the video game industry whether regardless of like what you do uh and it's uh it's a really great uh Khalif adams heads that uh podcast and he like he's like literally like my industry dad like he he's super super kind dude like how he is on the podcast if you ever listen to his podcast or you ever see him on the streams that is exactly the person you will like interact with in in real life he is just 100 a genuine person um and like he's great he's absolutely great so yeah um and yeah so just uh, just follow me on twitter and i post everything that i do on there so that's the best place to to reach out to, uh, to, to follow me and stuff Awesome. 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 Thank you very much. Follow Cam. Check out what he's doing. He's doing some great stuff, and there will be more greatness to come. Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, Mark, tell everyone where they can find us. Well, you can follow us on Twitter as well, at SecretFriendsU, or personally at the underscore Canardian for me, or at T-Oxtra for Todd. You can uh, subscribe to us on YouTube and podcast services around the world. Make sure to leave us a little five-star rating. It helps us uh, be found. And if you'd like to support the show and all the stuff we do, we have shirts and other various items on sale over at TeePublic. We've got some exciting things to announce pretty Pretty soon. So that kind of stuff helps us uh, with the stuff that we have on the go. I won't say anything more than that. So that's where I'm going to leave it with a big mystery at the end. Woo, mystery. Awesome. Well, thank you, Mark. Thank you, Cam. And remember, folks, yeah. it's always better to game together.
to strop. Kupím si game pass, pak klidně druhý, ať ostatní game žijí ču, 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 ču. Další nabídky nemají cenu, já si game pass znova. Kup si game pass. Je to pecka, dávno už to nehrajou jenom děcka Nakupuju CD, jak jiný hráči Na půl roku Game Pass úplně stačí Všichni kámoši pěkně čuměj Marně tě duhání, když dělají co umějí Soubeři si neví radu Xbox má jen samý gladi Xbox neděluje Jak sám 